I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. The person suspected of leaking classified documents online is a member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard. The FBI now wants to question Jack Texera, a 21-year-old. The arrest of the 21-year-old by the FBI was quickly followed by the arrest announcement by Attorney General Merrick Garland. The Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Texera in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Breaking news, not one, but three separate police-involved shootings in three different boroughs, one in Brooklyn, then one in Queens, and another in the Bronx. We're going to start with the one in Bed-Stuy, where police shot and killed a 78-year-old man in the Kingsbridge section of the Bronx. Police say officers responded to a call about a man with a gun on the train tracks near Broadway and West 231st Street. In Jamaica, Queens, police say they were responding to reports of a man with a knife acting erratically. Former President Donald Donald Trump faced another round of questioning from New York prosecutors, sat down for his second deposition as part of the New York Attorney General's civil lawsuit threatening his business empire. He last spoke to them in August. I declined to answer the question. This is the greatest witch hunt in the history of our country. Friday, baby. Friday. And, of course, you work all week long in that paint store there in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, don't you? Just to spend all your money at 2001 Space Odyssey dancing on a Friday night, don't you, Tony? What about your future, Tony? I just got to have the night off. I just got to have the day off. I just, come on. I just, this one day. What about your future, Tony? After future, no, Tony, the future F's you. Friday morning on New York's 
favorite talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, and Sid and Friends in the Morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. You know, as we speak, it's not even 6.05 yet. There's a whole back and forth on Facebook about Andrew Giuliani and why he's not on the show. And yeah, I mean, I mean, get a life, folks, really. <laughs> Just get a life. <laughs> I love Andrew. I think he's a great kid. I do. I love him. And uh, I hope we're friends for a long time, but he's not on the show because I don't want him on the show right now. That's the bottom line. It's not Katz Matidis. It's not anybody else. It's me. That's it. There's your answer, okay? For weeks and weeks of going back and forth, all these Mensa members. I used to like it. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know. What is it? Okay, I think it must he's, be a management yeah. thing. Folks, uh, we're getting eights on this show. I know what I'm doing. Okay, we're okay. We're okay. But uh, you don't like Liz. You like this one. You hate this one. You love that one. I don't care. I don't care. None of you folks out there program this show. I do. And that's why I triple the ratings that we've ever gotten in the history of this program and other great hosts on this station dating back 50 years. I don't care what you think. So tune in, enjoy the show, but don't. And we got a great show today, great show. Chris Lenzo will join us coming up at 640. Talking about Andrew's father, Rudy, who I love desperately, the America's mayor, does a great job on this station Three o'clock every day, every day. He is uh, going to be honored, you know, at a big dinner on Monday night by the Metropolitan Republican Club. Now, you may remember over the summer that I actually had a book signing at that club because Chris Lenzo is a dear friend of mine, Lauren Conlon, too. So now they've got this awards dinner coming up Monday night. They're honoring Rudy Giuliani, which, of course, uh, well-deserved. They're honoring, you know, this guy, John Paul Mac Isaac. He's the Hunter Biden laptop repairman, and they're honoring me. Now, I have no idea why they're honoring me. <laughs> I really don't. But we'll talk to Chris Lenzo coming up at 640. Curtis Sliwa, he'll be here at 705, one of his scheduled three weekly appearances. Congressman Mike Lawler. I call Mikey the pride of Rockland County. He'll join us at 7.40 on this uh, Pentagon leak. There's been an arrest. Air Guardsman Jack Teixeira, some 21-year-old kid in Massachusetts, has been arrested by the FBI. We'll get to that story. 8.40 this morning, Alan Dershowitz. They don't come better than Alan. And we got great attorneys on this show, Joseph Takapina, who is in London right now awaiting the birth of his first grandchild. Takapina's daughter about to have a baby, but... Also today, Joe Takapina celebrates his birthday. He's April 14th, like Pete Rose. I'm April 19th. Happy birthday, Joseph, in London this morning. Happy, happy. Yes, Alan Dershowitz will join us at 840. Laura Curran, of course, Dersh will talk about the Bragg-Jim Jordan story. Laura Curran coming up at 905 as the housing situation on Long Island heats up. Kathy Hochul wants to put... Housing out there, I've got friends on the uh, local political boards, people like uh, Michelle Capitola, Michelle Johnson, out in Oyster Bay. She lives there. It's the last thing she wants, and she's right. So we'll talk to Laura Curran coming up at 9.05. The NBA playoffs start locally tomorrow. One o'clock, the Uh Nets will take on the 76ers. Six o'clock, the Knicks will take on the Cavaliers. Now, we spoke earlier this week to the Hall of Fame voice of the New York Knicks, Mike Breen. That was Tuesday. But the Nets have a big-time play-by-play guy as well. 
I mean a huge talent, Ian Eagle. And the Birdman will join us coming up this morning at 925. And as if that's not enough, longtime famous actor, comedian, stand-up one-man show. Love this guy, Tony Darrow. He's got a show coming up Tuesday in New York City. He'll join us later on as well. He's at the other uh, cutting room. We did a couple of events here, me and Bernie, years ago. In fact, I think we had the first, at least the first, no, the first one. We had the uh, the first Bernie and Sid comedy night there. And then I switched the venue to the Hard Rock for year two. But uh, Tony Darrow at the cutting room coming up on Tuesday night. He'll join us later on this morning. So a very, very busy show. Going to be a terrific show. I do want to send a shout-out to a guy I met on Wednesday night when I went to do Jesse Waters' show, which turned out to be such a great success. Jesse loved it so much. Fox News loved it so much that I got a text from my publisher yesterday, Kelsey Merritt, uh, who said, and I quote, Jesse loved you so much, he wants to do this every month now. So it looks like I'll be a monthly contributor to the Jesse Waters primetime show on Fox News. I'll learn more about that later. But I did uh, bump into a guy. His name is Jim Murphy, and he works security at Fox News, and he listens every morning on his ride home between 6 and 7 a.m. He's listening right now. So, Jimmy, thank you for listening. I sent Joe Tacopina a happy birthday message. Don't forget, in London, the five hours ahead. So right now it's 11 o'clock in the morning. And he said, thanks, my brother. I love you so much, Joseph. Big birthday, Joe Tacopina. President Trump, of course, in town again, dealing with this racist, lowlife Letitia James. We'll get to all those stories and more. But, uh, Lewis, see, this is going to shock you, but we can't wait. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. well, I did it again yesterday. I... This is a doctor. <laughs> well, you know, you say a doctor. I had to go to the ear doctor yesterday, and uh, they've been fixed, my hearing aids. And today I'm going to the dentist <laughs> to finally get this temporary crown removed for the, you know, the regular crown, the full-time crown. I guess the permanent, I would call that. So every day is a different doctor. I woke up this morning, my right eye is, like, watery and burning, and every day is a different story. Man, I can't get away from it. It was 29 years of before. Well, now I'm starting again. Here we go again. Now it's with you. Well, now, today it's even worse because, so uh, yesterday after the show, I went to the gym, because I do have a beautiful body, and I lifted for about 90 minutes. And then I couldn't wait to get home to nap for like an hour. But then my son, Gabriel, who's off this week for um, spring break, he's like, Dad, it's beautiful outside. Can we go play basketball? And every now and then I'll take Gabby to play basketball, but usually he goes by himself. He plays with kids who are 18 years old, 25 years old. I'm an old man. God willing, on Wednesday I'll be 56. That's old. But I can still ball. So I get on the court with these young guys. I think they're great, and I score at will. And Gaby loves that, you know. So he said, come on, Dad. I said, Gaby, I just lifted. It's hot. I'm tired. I've been up since 3 a.m., but I can't say no to my son. So we went to the basketball courts at 5 o'clock last night in Battery Park, and at about 10 after 7, we get a text from his mother, my beautiful wife, Danielle, going, where are you guys? We played for two consecutive hours 
in 86-degree heat and five consecutive games with a bunch of young kids. And I probably scored on average, there were 16-point games, I don't know, six, seven points a game. I was shot. And I woke up this morning at about 2 o'clock to go make pee-pee, and I literally almost fell down. My right knee is killing me. My right ass cheek, for some reason, is killing me. My shin is bothering me. So I get up this morning. I swear to God, my right eye is burning and watering. My legs are killing me. My ass is killing me. My right tooth is still an issue. And I'm going, what happened? I was fine for 55 years. What happened, Lewis? It almost sounds like you uh, had some jail time. Almost. Yeah, you're right. The ass cheek. <laughs> a couple of things. I mean, the good news is... Did you play full? Huh? It was a full court? No, it was half court. Okay. But yeah. still, it was. it's a big half court. Right. It was the cool. sun's beating on the court. And these kids were good, young and good. Three on three. Three on three, and we played one game of four on four. The good news is I went to the gym and I lifted as much as anybody. Guys 20 years younger than me. And on the basketball court, I schooled them. But the bad news is I can't do any of this stuff, I mean any of this stuff, without feeling like I got in a car crash hours later. So right now, just so you know, on this Friday morning, I feel like about 10 pounds of duty in a five-pound bag. Yeah, like a bag of wet sand. Yeah, exactly right. That's too much duty for that bag. It's a lot of duty, right? Yeah, that's going to be an overflowing bag of duty. So I decide that, you know, usually when I go to the gym... I walk through Brookfield Plaza, through the mall, takes me right to the 4 or the 5 train, and then I transfer at 14th Street to the 6, and I get up on 33rd Street. I work out on 34th and Park. But yesterday was so nice, I ripped off the shirt, got a pair of shorts on, and I decided to walk outside from where I live, Battery Park, by Liberty Street, up to Fulton Street. And on the walk... I walk right past the 9-11 Memorial. And let me tell you something. That place was packed yesterday. Sunny, gorgeous day, and the place is packed. So you know me. Listen, I'm still really embedded into 9-11. We do Tunnel to Towers every Wednesday, right? We go to every major Frank Siller event. We run in just about every Frank Siller marathon 9-11 to me, 22 years ago, feels like yesterday. And most Americans go about their business and only talk about it on 9-11. But on this show and on this station, thanks to the owners and people like Leslie Slender, we talk 9-11 every week. So it's still very near, dear, and hurts. So I'm walking through the park yesterday. (laughs) Here I go again. And I notice there's a lot of folks there. But I notice by the, you know, they have like these uh, big waterfalls, and uh, they have the names of the folks that perished that day. So I notice one family in particular, three young girls, cute, by the way, and uh, mom and dad, cute, nice-looking family. And the dad is taking pictures, and he is encouraging his wife and daughters to smile. So here comes uh, old, you know, crotchety Sid Rosenberg, Mr. New York himself, shirtless and and ready to spew. And I walk over to the father and I said, hey, buddy, 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 where are you from? He goes, we're from Canada. 
uh, Quebec, I think, to be exact. I said, you know, you do realize this is not Disney World. This is not even the Statue of Liberty. I said, I hate to break this to you, my friend, but people died here. This is not a place to be smiling. You want to take a picture in front of the memorial or in front of the fountains, you do that, but these smiles, you're offending me. And the guy was like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. So now, if you've ever seen the movie with Michael Douglas, when he's sitting in traffic in his car. Falling down. Yes, and he comes out with a gun. Oh, it's great. So now. That'll be me one day, by the way. Oh, me too. Yeah. So now I'm walking down this thing. I go, and now I have to go after every single person. For some reason, I anointed myself yesterday afternoon the 9-11 keeper. And I got to walk around this fountain, and every single person I see smiling, I have to walk up to and nearly start a fight. (laughs) I swear to God. It's confirmed you're pretty insane. I'm crazy. Smile, police. So I think I probably went up to about, I don't don't want to exaggerate, make it sound bigger or more dramatic, maybe nine or ten different people and families that were smiling. I'm like, hey, cut it out. Don't do that. Don't smile here. Ain't Disney, ain't Statue of Liberty. These people died here. Show some respect, okay? None of these people were New Yorkers, obviously. Some were Asian. Some were Canadian. But I got to all of them, and I felt like a million bucks. I beat my chest, got on that train to my workout. And for what it's worth, for those nine or ten folks, they know now you don't come to New York at that sacred place and smile when you're talking about 9-11. You son of a bitch. Anyway, That's, what a great Thursday! That was productive. You stopped nine tourists from smiling. What? I was furious. No, they're just minding their own business. <laughs> it really is none of my business. You're right, Justin. But for some reason, maybe the ratings are going to my head. I don't know. Oh, you. Uh, hey, look, hey, look, buddy. I, I have a nine point four in the yeah. morning. <laughs> Okay, let me let me explain this to you. You are on sacred ground here. Oh, by the way, I have a nine point foot. Did I tell you I have a nine? Well, point just to be honest, have I you did, ever heard of uh, Frank Siller? I, 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 I did not preface any of these conversations with my ratings. Just so you know. Oh, okay. Well, he but, right for yeah. you. Uh, great. But I do feel like at this point I've become kind of the 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 voice, the king of New York. I'm the guy. I am the guy. There's no one even close. There's no one even close. If you, if everybody else gets threes and fours. So. Anyway, I'm just. Can you just picture a family coming into Lower Manhattan, their first time in New York? Oh yeah, Times Square was okay. Let's go down. Let's go down and see the 9/11 memorial. We better. We should pay respects there. Hey, uh, all right, uh, Tom. Why don't you go over there? I'll take a couple of pictures of you. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, 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 buddy, hey, buddy. Where, 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 where are you from? Where are you from? They're just like Justin just said. They're minding their own business. Yes, and it's none of your business. They were lovely people. They're minding their own business. None of my business. What do you? What do you? Like the mafia coming over to a restaurant they're not supposed to be at. What? What, 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 what are you doing? Were you smiling? No. Were you smiling? I'm going to tell you this. I, I felt like I felt like it was such an important job I did yesterday. Did it so well. Now, tomorrow's going to rain, and it's a Saturday, so i got to be with the family. But today's a work day, so Danielle's on Long Island, and Gabe's doing his thing. And it's going to be 85 and sunny, so you know it's going to be crowded again. And I hate to say this, but 
I am considering right now. Oh, you, you're going. I'm going back. There's no. That's, that's great. What are you going to do today? Snap all the selfie sticks you see? You're just going to grab selfie sticks, snap them over your leg? I need some of these uh, bastards from uh, January 6th. You know, yeah. these guys that went into the building dressed as Vikings and yeah. these morons. You need some muscle. Yeah. Some patriotic no, I, muscle. No, I just want to make it look cool, you know, because these guys, they're like real Americans, you know. Put their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Look at me. But hey, um, hey, I hey, need look, some of those guys. Mr. Topeka. Mr. Topeka. Where are you, where are you yeah. from? Yeah. Where are you from? Give, give me the... that. I'm going to take that for you. No, I'm going to hold it for you a little. When you, uh, you, when can you, make fun of me all, you can make fun of me all you want. No, I'm not making fun of you. I, I think tell you, you in, in fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite some of these listeners out there with me. How about that? You meet me down at the memorial site at 1 o'clock this afternoon, and we will set these people straight. <laughs> that's what we need. Like, you and, like, 20 listeners parading around the 9-11 memorial, like, just completely harassing tourists coming to New York. And that, that's going to be their story forever. That's it. We were at the 9-11 memorial. These crazed loons came over to us, took our cameras, wow. told us to not smile, told us to shut up. Right. That's how it went. I'm I just scared. can't help myself. I'm not going back. I'm going back today. Yeah. And now I'm going back with a vengeance. <laughs> Yesterday, I just kind of came upon it, and, you know, it took me about 30 seconds to go from zero to 60 on the anger meter. But uh, now you bastards this morning got me all fired up. <laughs> you can't go around to do that, that stuff. I, I think I got to go so I can film, so I can watch you do that. I yeah. got to see this. Yeah, Lou Rufino is going to be the one who releases the viral well, video of, get, of you um, running around kicking Taurus' ass. What smiling. is my friend's name? She, went, she uh, went to Georgia. She always comes on. The Bulldogs, they won the college football. Uh, Deborah Norville. Yeah. Somebody should call Deborah an inside edition and film this thing. That uh, New Yorkers are upset with people who come here. And treat the 9-11 Memorial like it's Disney World. I mean, the Mickey Mouse ain't out there. What are you, what are you smiling about? Oh, You're standing next to 15 names of people who died the most horrific death ever. I'd love to see her introducing the piece, too, as, <laughs> like, the package. Right now, what we have to show you is a little disturbing, but we feel here inside that we, we, this needs to be exposed. Lots of people, there are 500,000 people a month that go see the 9-11 Memorial, but... I, we have discovered that some people are just not showing the proper respect. Let's go to where Sid Rosenberg has spent the last week and a half with the details. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can go across the street to the Holocaust Museum and yeah. do the same exact thing. That's right. Well, I'll give, you more, I'll give you more details later if I end up doing this. I don't know. I mean, I do, I do admit I seem like a crazy person, but... Yeah, that's just in your mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here, again, we got a great guest list about this Oh my, god. Today. oh my god. Chris Alenzo, Curtis Sliwa, Mike Lawler, Alan Dershowitz, Laura Curran, Ian Eagle, Tony Tarrow, and of course uh, my guys who were so great, Lou Rapino and Justin Ellick. And with Noam Laden off today, we got Jimmy Flippin doing the news. Big Friday edition of New York's favorite talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, right here with the Bee Gees on Talk Radio 77 WABC. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. 
Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Hmm, what flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Square Garden, this song, a great one. Enjoy the silence off of the Vibrator album. (laughs) (laughs) Or Violator. Uh, Depeche Mode at MSG tonight. My friend Jaime Cerner checked in with me early this morning. He's going to be there at 6.30 on your beautiful Friday morning. And uh, I am going to go back. I decided to see you now. So the big story today is this kid they arrested in Massachusetts. You know, my son Gabriel... It's got a bunch of uh, friends, and like they used to go on Discord. I'm not sure where they are now, but they have, like, chat rooms, you know. And they discuss everything from basketball to whatever kids discuss. So this kid in Massachusetts, he's an Air National Guardsman and I guess works uh, with intelligence. This kid is in, like, one of those chat rooms like my kid is in. But this was like uh, like a gun nut chat room, I guess. And he's... He's talking to his friends in there. He's known as the OG. (laughs) And he's in this chat room, like, giving out classified information about Ukraine and America. You know, he's a a big guy. I'm the man right now. Look at me. You know, look at me. I got information. I'm I'm giving out information. And everybody's like, oh, my God, how cool is this? This kid actually has access to information from the Pentagon. So you have to imagine his friends must have thought that he was the man. You know what I mean? So that's the good news for him. The bad news is, well, you know, well, it's illegal, son. (laughs) And there's a a video you can watch this morning of four guys dressed like they're going into, you know, Vietnam to try to get uh, John McCain out, God rest his soul, with enough weaponry to take out half a city. 
for this kid in a pair of you know shorts and a T-shirt at his mother's house in Massachusetts because he actually got arrested. He actually got arrested. He was the Pentagon leaker. We got him. We got him. It's not really a small thing. We're going to talk to Mike Lawler, the big congressman out of Rockland County. He's coming up at 740. Mike actually reached out to me to talk about this hours before this kid was even arrested. It's not a small thing. I'm not sure how big it is. That's why Mike is going to come on. But the president yesterday, Joe Biden, he seemed to think not really a big deal at all. Not worried at all about some kid having access to classified information, serious stuff that he can throw in some chat room somewhere on the Internet. Like, you know, I'd be like Gabriel be talking about, uh, you know, Donchick from the Denver Nuggets to his buddies tonight. There is a Joe Biden cut number two yesterday talking about the Pentagon dock leaks, and he's not worried. Are you concerned about okay, the leak? Okay, guys, it's time to go. Let's well, go. Well, we got to move. I'm not concerned about the leak. I'm concerned that it happened. But there's nothing contemporaneous that I'm aware of. See, so the girl is yelling in the background, we got to go, please don't. Oh, my God, they're going to ask him a question. It's not scripted. Where's Jill? How's he going to answer it? Please, we got to go. But the president did answer it and basically said, I'm not really worried. <laughs> they have five hooks coming yeah, up. Get right. him out of here. Get him out of here. Oh, God, no. yeah. Get the Easter bunny in here. Huh? There is a good chance that the president will meet me this afternoon at 1 o'clock down at the memorial. There's no chance at all. <laughs> no chance at all? Well, I, hope, I hope he's smiling when he walks around. Here is uh, the Pentagon press secretary, General Patrick Ryder. He does share the same name as my friend in Nassau County, the police commissioner, but it's not the same guy. General Patrick Ryder, Pentagon press secretary, talking about how this uh, leak was a big deal and a criminal act. This, Lou Rapino, is cut number three. It is important to understand uh, that we do have stringent guidelines in place for safeguarding classified and sensitive information. This was a deliberate criminal act, a violation of those guidelines. Uh, and so, again, I think that's important to understand. Now, we will continue to do everything we can to ensure that, that people who have a need to know uh, when it comes to this kind of information, have access to that. And he goes on to talk about how the investigation is still going on. Once again, Pentagon Press Secretary General Patrick Ryder. Lewis, this is cut number four. I don't want to get into hypotheticals. I will say that, you know, as always, every case is judged on its own merits, and we need to allow this investigation to run its course. And then, of course, there'll be more to say on that. And here is the crooked attorney general. This no-good Merrick Garland, here he's talking about the arrest of Mr. Teixeira. This is cut number five. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon without incident. He will have an initial appearance at the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts. All right, so there it is, Merrick calling, announcing the arrest of uh, Teixeira, 21-year-old kid who did spill war secrets to his gamer buddies on the Internet. It is the worst security breach in 10 years. Is it a big deal? Or, or what do you think, Lou? 
You don't seem to care. I, I, I do care, but uh, you know, I think Luka Doncic could be <laughs> leaking his own secrets as well. You got to watch everybody, if you ask me. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get more into this again with Mike Waller coming up. Defends so. Jack. Chris <laughs> yeah. Lenzo will join us, and then Curtis Sliwa, then Mike Waller. We'll also talk to uh, Alan Dershowitz, Ian Eagle, Laura Curran. Actor Tony Darrow, so much to do. Also, traffic with Joe Nolan as the Devils are set to host my New York Rangers game one coming up on Tuesday night. Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from the Dominic Carter Show. Here, my man Dominic talks about President Trump. When it rains, it pours. Tell him, baby. I'm referring to the situation of former President Donald Trump. Imagine what his world, what his life must be like when the entire establishment is coming at you. Well, lawyers for Trump want to push back his upcoming civil rape trial so he can have a cooling off from what they call, quote, breathless news coverage of his New York legal Battles. This is Sid on Sports. Oh Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a deal in there. You are the world's best built boilers on the diamond. The Yankees got thrashed in their series opener with the Minnesota Twins. And the Browns losing 11-2 after a nine-run first inning from the Twins. That virtually put this one away for good. Johnny Brito, he just flat-out stunk. Uh, on the bump for New York, unable to get out of the first inning after giving up seven runs on six hits. The Yanks will try and bounce back in the middle game tonight at 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. Nestor Cortez will get the ball going up against Minnesota's Tyler Mayall. As for the Mets, they open up a three-game set in Oakland against the Athletics tonight at 9.40 p.m. Eastern time. Kodai Senga will take the hill going up against Oakland's James Caprio. And on the brink of history now, the Tampa Bay Rays won again last night to move their season record to 13-0, and tying a major league record set by the 1982 Braves in 1987. Here's a trivia question for you. You're right. If they if they beat Toronto tonight, they'll have the all-time record. Yeah. If they don't, they stop at 13 like the 82 Braves and the 87 Brewers. Yeah. Question is, did either one of those teams, neither one of those teams, or both of those teams win the World Series no. that year? neither. That's right. Yeah. Where, where to be? 82, the Cardinals beat the Brewers, yeah. despite the Braves' 13-0 start. And in 87, the Twins beat the Cardinals, despite the Brewers' 13-0 start. And that Braves team, I think, even finished like third place. Yes. At least. Yes. They were, not, they were not solid. Nope. So. All right. A lot of season left to play there, Sydney. A lot of season left. But the Rays will go for 14 straight tonight in Toronto against the Blue Jays. That's a 7.07 p.m. first pitch. On the ice, the Rangers closed out their regular season with a 3-2 loss at home to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Phil Peter appeared to tie the game with just uh, under two seconds left, but officials ruled that he kicked the puck into the net. And so the Blue Shirts will take the loss into their first-round playoff matchup with the rival New Jersey Devils set to begin this upcoming Tuesday. Speaking of those very Devils, they ended their regular season with a big win in overtime over the Capitals in Washington. Devs came all the way back from a three-goal deficit 
tonight with Luke, uh, Luke Hughes bearing the overtime winner with his first career NHL goal. New Jersey now gets ready to welcome in the aforementioned Rangers in that playoff series starting Tuesday. That's for sure to captivate the tri-state area and the NBA playing tournament set to conclude tonight with the final two games to decide each conference's eighth seed in the first round of the playoffs. The Chicago Bulls will visit the Miami Heat tonight at 7 p.m. for the Eastern Conference eighth seed, while the Oklahoma City Thunder and Minnesota Timberwolves will battle it out for the Western Conference eighth seed at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time in Minneapolis. Here with sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have uh, some uh, additional information here. I understand this morning, uh, Sid Rosenberg uh, heard a rumor, and I heard the same rumor. So uh, me and Sid were in sync, sync with us uh, that uh, uh, Pat Lynch is retiring from the PBA and that he. the rumor was he's going to go to work for uh, Governor Hochul. Uh, and I understand from his people right now uh, that it's not true. Uh, and he, he says it's not true. So, uh, on behalf of WABC, if it's not true, we apologize. John Katz and the TDs, my main man. I know he's the owner and operator of the station, but more importantly, he's my buddy. So is uh, lovely wife Margo yesterday. And that back man, what a pain in the ass for that lady. What a great lady. And I just want her back to get better so she can enjoy her summer. Man, it's been a brutal battle for Margo. But uh, John apologized yesterday. I didn't want him to because I was the one who said it. I said it, Bo Deedle was sitting right here, and I asked Bo Deedle about Pat Lynch, and clearly those guys don't like each other. <laughs> Bo tried to be nice, but Bo all of a sudden lost it, because I guess Pat didn't back him when 
he ran for mayor, and there's a whole lot of nastiness I don't even know about. And then I said, well, you know, the rumor is is that he's going to work for Hochul. So I'm not sure why John Katsimatidis apologized last night. He did that because he's a nice man, and he loves me, but I was willing to take the heat. And I'll apologize as well if it's not true. But I will say this. I'm a little disappointed in, uh, here's my apology, it's different than John's. John's like, well, sorry, WABC, we're about providing information, and he's right about that, and if it's wrong, we're going to apologize. But I'm a little different. I'm from Brooklyn, okay? And where I'm disappointed is, if it's not true, call me. I mean, you had this guy, Nuthill, put a tweet out. Who cares about a tweet? If I said something on the air that's not true, then call me. Call the show this morning, Pat. I've known you for a long time. I like you a lot. You got a set of brass balls. We're going to miss that. No one's more pro-cop than me. You know that, Pat. And you know how much I like you. Don't don't have your guy put out a tweet and then I got to hear from 90 other people you're upset. Call me. Call the show. That's how I work. So while I'll apologize like John, if in fact it's not true, I'm still disappointed in Pat. You should call me or call the show and handle it that way. I hate when people go around other people. Oh, I heard Pat's upset. Well, let me hear about it. Pat's a tough guy. He's not afraid of me. I don't think he is. But then again, I thought Andrew Cuomo wasn't afraid of me, and turns out he's scared to death of me, and he should be. So So I'm sorry, Pat, uh, if in fact it's not true. I'm the guy that said it, not John Katzenmatidis. But next time, call me, okay? That's how we do it here in Brooklyn or New York. All right. Uh, big event coming up on Monday night, the Metropolitan Club, the Metropolitan Republican Club, presents the 119th Metropolitan Gala. It's a big deal. And, again, I had the opportunity to speak at this club. I did a book signing back in August, thanks to my dear friend, Chris Olenzo, who's just the, the most likable uh, person in this city. Everybody loves her from Joe Pinion. Who was the kid that ran for uh, D.A.? that um, James beat, Michael Henry. Everybody loves Chris Olenzo. She's going to join me for a couple of minutes right here to talk about this glorious night coming up on Monday. Chris, good Monday morning. How are you, sweetheart? Hey, Sid. So excited to be speaking with you today. Well, I'm glad to have you, too. Thank you. And uh, I was really honored when you had me out over the summer, did a book signing. We had a really, really good time. Now I'm back. This is a very, very big night and I'm going to ask you the question I asked earlier in the program. I, I, I get why you would want to honor Rudy Giuliani. He's one of the greatest Americans that ever lived, and even the guy that uh, had the Hunter Biden laptop. How do I fit in to this equation as an honoree on Monday night? Well, you're being very humble. We we all know you're the number one show in New York for talk radio. We are so incredibly proud of you. And, um, I mean, of course, we, we want to honor you. You are someone who's part of New York, many voices that we that need to be heard, and um, you fit right in. We're going to be honoring you with the Warren Brandeis Award journal, for Journalistic Integrity. Um, you have always been someone who is honorable and, and having the utmost integrity at all moments, and um, couldn't think of a better person to, oh. to have at our gala well, on Monday. You. So, thank you. You know, it's funny. I remember... I was at a Mets game last season, not this season, last season with Bill O'Reilly. And I remember getting a text. It was either you or Lauren Conlon, our friend Lauren. 
And, and uh, I guess it was Lauren because she blew the surprise. She goes, you're getting she 100. Blew the surprise. Yeah. And I thought it was nice the way you guys put it that the reason why we're doing that is because you're the everyday Republican guy, right? You're not the you – I'm not Steve Bannon. You know, I'm not I'm not uh, Cash Patel. I'm not hanging out every night, even though I love Joe, love him desperately at the America First warehouse. I'm the everyday Republican guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's part of the reason why you guys find that appealing, yes? Of course. You are the everyday Republican guy because you see what's happening on our streets, right? You're covering it every day from different perspectives. You have so many people on your show who are talking about real issues affecting everyday New Yorkers, and we're grateful for that because you put it into perspective that people can understand. So the other two guys, thank you for that, by the way, Krisha. Thank you. Uh, Rudy Giuliani. Now, now, what is the award that my friend Rudy is getting? So we are so incredibly honored to have Mayor Giuliani at our events. Um, he has just been someone who has fought for the United States and for our freedoms. And uh, he is receiving the Theodore Roosevelt Award for Distinguished Service to the Republican Party. And who better than America's mayor to receive this award. He really did so much for New York specifically, but again, also for our country with everything he has helped with the Hunter Biden laptop. It's, it's really also about the chain of custody with the Hunter Biden laptop and all of these people who really, everyday people, um, including John Paul MacIsaac, who came forward uh, with the laptop. And of course, now he's being sued by Hunter Biden. Um, it's, it's unbelievable, but these people are incredibly brave, and uh, we, have to, we have to honor them for, for stepping forward and, and revealing the truth. It really is so frustrating, that particular story, going back to the, the work that Miranda Devine did, my dear friend at the New York yep. Post, then Tony Bobolinsky with Tucker Carlson. Uh, then, of course, uh, I was on Jesse Waters a couple of nights ago, and they had a guy on before me who was actually the stenographer for both Barack Obama and Joe Biden, and he's got all this information as to exactly when Joe Biden knew that his son Hunter was, in fact, working for Burisma, getting all this money. So it's out there, right? I mean, the laptop had other nasty stuff on there. We know that, crack cocaine, hookers. But the real issue is dealing with these other countries and the monies the Biden's got, and we've got all this information, all of this undeniable evidence, and yet still nothing. No indictments, no arrests, nothing. Got to frustrate the hell out of you, yes? Oh, it is so incredibly frustrating, especially when I see Joe Biden with Hunter Biden on their father-son tour of Ireland this week as uh, Pentagon papers are being leaked, as uh, Donald Trump is is in New York dealing with a civil case. It's so incredibly frustrating. Frustrating, And you see also Hunter Biden uh, translating for Joe Biden, explaining to him what people in the crowd are asking in Ireland, basically ingratiating himself within the Biden family. It's absolutely, in my opinion, disgusting. Couldn't agree more. So this uh, this event on Monday, how's the food? <laughs> the food is going to be great. Um, we are have been planning this for a while. I've been planning it with my, my president, Ian Walsh Riley. So we're super excited uh, for Monday night, it's going to be, as Trump would say, huge. It's going to be a big night, thousands of people. And, <laughs> um excited to honor you, said. It's, I'm, I'm just really, it's going to be a, a fun, fun time. You know, it's fun. A couple of, uh, uh, about a month ago, there's this uh, writer for the New York Daily News. He's a real prick. He's an idiot. His name is, uh, what's his name? Chris Sommerfeld. And he's got a huge yeah. heart on for me and the mayor. So anytime Eric Adams is on this show or me and Eric meet for dinner or for lunch, 
He writes about it in the New York Daily News, you know. So one, yeah. of, one of these columns he writes, here is Sid Rosenberg at a book signing. I don't know if you ever even saw this. At the Metropolitan Republican Club where five years ago the Proud Boys were honored or something like that. I go, I was at that place once for my friend Christian Lauren once. And this idiot writer digs up something that is so irrelevant and so ridiculous. But it did make me laugh. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, first of all, not true. And second of all, um, we the, it's totally irrelevant. Our club is so inclusive. And it's on every side, just, it's in the heart of Manhattan, too. We have so many different speakers come to the club. And we, we are just very grateful that you've joined us and that you're supporting us and um, we're all about freedom. We've had, you know, basically every political candidate in, in Manhattan who's run on the Republican ticket come through our, our club. And we have to have this voice because if we don't, then it's just <laughs> we're being silenced. It's, oh, it's a important. great club. It's a great club. I think Lou Martino was in that club, my friend, the actor, right? Yeah. And yes. we're, we're going to have a lot of different, um, you know, celebrities at our club, Republican names. So it's going to be fun and, and people who yeah as you mentioned ran for office which ultimately they're the ones that we need to be giving the most credit to because that's it's a very tough task in new york it's an uphill battle we got to get uh, you guys behind uh, kelly klingman she's running against this horrible person tiffany caban you know about this in queens so that's yep. uh curtis is coming up next he's all about that as well so we got to get you behind that but i am a really honored I'm really excited about this event on Monday night. Not sure I deserve it, but uh, honored nevertheless. So thank you. Thank you. You definitely deserve it. Thank you, Sid, for joining us. You got it. Thank you. There she is, Krisha Lenzo. Everybody in New York loves Krisha. They all know her. They all love her. And uh, thank you again for this huge, and I mean huge, award coming up Monday night in New York. I'm not allowed to disclose the location of the event. Because there are so many psychos out there. I mean this. And, you know, you have me and Rudy and this laptop guy in the same room. They're actually worried. Security. I mean, I was already ushered out of this building two weeks ago. Some crazy guy wants to kill me. Oh, that's right. Oh, you loved, you loved that, though. You of course ate, I love it. You ate that up. Of course. No, you like yeah. to be at that level where you be escorted out. Of course. And, I mean, uh, Mr. Rosenberg. Let me explain to... this to you, folks. If you have not received a death threat, you're a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a good shirt. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you have not received some mysterious powdered material yeah, in, right. in the mail. You know, right. I haven't even what's, picked what's up with your life? the latest T-shirt where Donald Trump texted Joe Tacopina and said, say hello to my friend, number one, Sid, and that guy, Anthony Barbarisi, who made the blow T-shirts? He made that shirt. I haven't even picked those up yet. Now that you said that, he's going to make that shirt. He's going to make a shirt. No sorry, doubt. Anthony. I'm sorry to give you work. It's all right, <laughs> yeah. but they look great. <laughs> and uh, Raul over there at Portofino, folks. That's a great hour number one. Thank you to Krisha Lenzo. We have three huge hours about to come your way. An action-packed seven o'clock hour that includes the great Curtis Sliwa, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, and yes, the King of Rockland County. Congressman Mike Lawler on this Pentagon leak arrest and everything else going on in D.C. today. Very exciting 7 o'clock hour, hour number two of New York's favorite talk show, Sid and Friends in the Morning, about to come your way.
is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Disco fight it a couple of times in the past. We'll bring it back, but anytime Curtis Sleva comes on, he loves his stuff. Before I get to what Curtis, it took Anthony Barbarisi about three seconds to text me, Lewis. Actually, he does it through uh, Instagram. He DMs me at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. And he says, yes, that'll be the next T-shirt if you haven't received a death threat. You're a nobody. <laughs> My next guest not only received a death threat, but they shot him six times. They took it a step further. That was beyond a threat. Of course, he's gone on to become a radio icon, a legend, 12 to 1 every weekday afternoon here at WABC all weekend long. And, mind you, the only guy that gets three days a week. So when the third week of March came out on Wednesday, and the last week of March will be out next week, and that will complete what's going to be a historic winter book for this show. And it came back at a number which no one's ever seen here, an 8.9. First thing Curtis said to me was, I'm taking credit for a lot of that. So. I got it. I got it. Hold on a second. That's right, Lou. Don't, don't put my microphone <laughs> yeah. on, right? Try to stifle me. <laughs> of course I got to take credit. Three times a week. We started first once a week. Right. Then you doubled it to twice a week, the right. daily double. Yeah. Then you went to trifecta. True. And notice every step of the way, your numbers have been going up. <laughs> so, look, I got to get some of that credit. No, listen, it reminds me of uh, just Wednesday night. I was on Jesse Waters' primetime on Fox News with Jesse, and they loved it. Jesse loved it. The producers loved it. Even the big bosses at Fox News loved it. And I got a text yesterday that now Jesse wants to bring me on regularly, maybe once a month, maybe twice a month. I don't know. So I'm to Jesse Waters what you are to me. Oh, hold on a second. Yeah. So I heard you ranting, because I listen intently Monday through Friday, 6 to 10, that I was the first to text you that you did a great job with Jesse, and you said I was ass-kissing. Now, all of a sudden, the suits at Fox and your, right. your booker, they're all saying, great job. Oh, they were right. But Curtis was just an ass kisser, right? No, no. You, you, I actually read both of your texts on the air. They were very, very nice and gracious. And to be honest, if I'm talking about the mayor, Eric Adams, anywhere, the first person I want to hear from, whether it's good or bad, because I've said a lot of nice things about the mayor in the past, and you send me very nasty messages. In this case, because I was critical of the mayor on a big-time station on a show, mind you, that averages 2.7 million viewers a night, you didn't need Viagra. Well, I was telling you, I was having an orgasmastic (laughs) frenzy. Uh, The best sex I ever had without having actually (laughs) sex. 
It was so good. I was saying, oh, please, let me play that back again and again. Here is, I can't believe it, the very dear friend of Eric Adams trashing him on national TV. Well, I, you know, look, I did preface the conversation with Jesse by saying I'm friendly with the mayor. I like the mayor. And to be completely honest, full disclosure, I did go to you earlier in the day when I knew I was going to be talking about Adams, and you helped me. You gave me some really good information about the RoboCop. So I, I always – one thing about me is when somebody helps, I don't take the credit. Do you, me a you favor. You did a good job. Do me a favor. Yeah. Uh, don't ever, don't ever give me any tips in the backstretch uh, at a racetrack. <laughs> yeah. Because when you give tips out, right, like, oh, oh, Patty Lynch, uh, he's going up to Oakland. Oh. Please, don't go to the <laughs> yeah. backstretch at Belmont, Aqueduct, and Saratoga. But, like the degenerate gamblers who say, but I want to hey, get that I got you for a second. I know he's going to win. I know he's going to win. <laughs> that, that's that's what you are. Don't do that. Oh, look at that. All of a sudden, know, your Mike microphone had limp. no Cialis, Viagra. Before we get Lemitra. to the Pat Lynch thing, I want to tell you that uh, I did start up this segment talking about how many times you got shot. Yes. And uh, Frank Morano. You guys don't like each other very much. Frank Morano says he was, quote, shot three times at most. Get the hell out of here. What the hell would he know? He's the one who invited John Gotti Jr. and all the Gambinos and the Gottis to his wedding. Why, why shouldn't he? They're good people. I what like those guys. And he sat him right next to me. <laughs> and then John Gotti Jr. says to him, oh, I'm, I'm going to cut in. I'm going to dance with his wife, Nancy. He oh, invited my, my assassins. Wait a second. So the, the man responsible, maybe didn't pull the trigger, but the man responsible for putting six bullets in your stomach danced with your wife? No, he tried to. Oh, and what so happened? He said to Frank, I should cut in right now, shouldn't I? <laughs> oh, my God. And I think even Frank recognized that all hell would have broke loose. <laughs> and the only one that, uh, that Frank didn't have there was the shooter, Michael Leonati, who is now out of jail, right? Yes. And I told him, go for target practice, right? <laughs> right in Rodman's neck. Right? Next time, you won't try to shoot me in the head first. Oh, didn't the Carrazos tell you don't shoot Sliwa <laughs> in the head? You're not going to be able to shoot him in the back of that cab. This all came out in testimony in court. And Frank the Mamaluke was there with the Gotti's uh, oldest sister, Angel. This is before he married Rachel. Angel, would you ever consider tying the knot with me? She looked at him and said, are you kidding? You're a schmendrick. You're a pisher. You're a person of absolute no consequence, Frank. What a groupie he is. Can I you imagine Frank. this? I love him. No, I can't disagree with you more. He's a good man. And, uh, look, no one loves you more than me. I put you on three times a week. We're really, really close off the air. But you deserve it. You deserve to get oh, the beat up oh, and oh, shot oh, and all oh, this oh, stuff. Talk about you talk about all these Here people. Here it is. You go with what? your son and no. the basketball court at Battery Park. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of competition there at Battery Park. Uh, yeah, right? there is. And, and you beat up on the bad news bears, the little kitties, <laughs> and you say, yeah, I was flexing for two hours. Here it is. You're close to six foot. These little kids, they're like, what, two foot, six inches tall, right? No, they're bigger than me, some of them. Very young, but oh, big. Oh, and banging with you in the paint? Yes. Underneath the rim? Yes. Oh, please, come on. One of the guys uh, called me the OG because I'm 56. Their average age was about, I don't know, 23. No, 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 no OG. You're not no. gangster. OJ. OJ. An old Jew. Old Jew. <laughs> An octocopter who wants uh, the, river trout, the river trout. The river trout at the 4 o'clock feeding <laughs> there. You know, the, the, blue, uh, the blue special diner offer. It's funny you just said that. Because you wouldn't remember this, but the last time I had you on my show in Florida, because folks that don't know this, I had a great show down in South Florida, great show. No one heard it, though. And I really wanted to bring that show here. And the show we're doing right now is about as close 
to my South Florida show as I've ever gotten. And by the way, we're enjoying great success. And a lot of guys from New York came on my show. Bo Deedle, for example, has always come on. Joe Tacopina, even Bernard, God rest his soul. For the last time you were on, Kubi was on too. You were on. You said, um, basically, how's that 430 dinner going for you? Yeah. You and yeah. all the out there. The Bluebird special. Right? Yes. And that, the, the word you used was Bluebird special. And you said it again just now, and it brought me back to 2015. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Now, By the way, you're going to the dentist today. Yes. I'm telling you, don't go for the crowns. This is what the old Altacacas do. I don't need an implant. Next thing, you're going to have false chocolates <laughs> in your mouth. Like George Washington, you're going to have wooden teeth. You need an implant. No. The crown is not going to hold. Take it from a guy who's had... A lot of teeth knocked out of my uh, mouth, yes. right? Yes. And, and, you know, they want to put veneers. They want to put crowns. Because the dentists rack up on this. Every time you go back, right, charge, charge, charge. It's like just leave your credit card with them. They just keep making impressions. <laughs> yeah, true. You need an implant, right? Ask the hockey guys. You're always at Rangers games, right? You're always snoring tickets <laughs> at Ranger games, right? What is it with Corey, with Takapina, uh, with, with our friend O'Reilly, here. Mark Siegel. Right, right. You're always Pete Morgan. Go into the locker room and ask those Canucks, right? <laughs> hey, I see you guys got two teeth in your mouth, right? Right? Those are your real teeth. What about all those other teeth? Implants, implants, <laughs> yeah. implants. You need implants. Okay, I will. And make sure they're titanium. Titanium, titanium implants. Titanium implants. Oh, let's discuss. You don't want leaded implants. No, no leaded. No. Okay. No. So uh, earlier in the program, you heard me play the John Katsimatidis apology, yeah. which I uh, followed with an apology of my own. Now I did say that it would be more manly of a guy that I really respect and like, Pat Lynch, to call me, reach out to me. Don't. Don't have your guy tweet something. But is it okay if I tell the world that the person that actually told me about that rumor was you? Would you rather I didn't say <laughs> Look, look, uh, I, I, I've been known to hang out at Bell Boulevard in Bayside, right, going in and out of those gin mills, right, a lot of Irish gin mills. You pick up a lot of the uh, gossip, you know, like washwomen there, and they're always talking about Patty. Yo, Patty Lynch is going to retire, right? He, he's a local uh, guy here, him and his son and his family. Do you like that. him? On, on a serious note, do you like him? Oh, I love we've him. met. We've met. But we've you had, like him. We've met a lot of people. But remember, he was the one who stood in front of Bloomberg with his billions of dollars, and he said, you are destroying it for us cops in the street by putting quotas on stop and frisk. It was Bloomberg who said you got to do five stop and frisks a day. That means you got to fill out these 250 index cards. And the cops were telling him, you're killing us in the hood, in the inner city. And, you know, Bloomberg, he's got no street smarts. He walked away, right? He ran for president. He got eviscerated by uh, the Cherokee Nation woman, Elizabeth Warren, right? twice. Sliced his three-piece set off. And what did he get for a billion dollars? He won America Samoa in the primaries because (laughs) Bloomberg thought everybody has a price. Well, guess what, Bloomberg? Not everybody has a price, apparently. Only the Samoans on American Samoa. <laughs> <laughs> sure you're right. So, no, I was not the source of that rumor. Oh, I was that not despicable, yes. disparaging rumor about Patty Lynch. Uh, I mean, come on, who would do that to such a But, uh, but you're great like a guy. washwoman. You know, you just, <laughs> yeah. okay, yenta, yenta. You hear something? Wait a second. You have to understand. I grew up in a Jewish family. I know, and you went to the pool. Yes. I still still go. My mother lives in this community in upstate New York. It's called White Lake Homes. And this is a prison white community, you know, uh, yet there are all these woke people. They put signs on their lawns. Racism doesn't live here. If, God forbid, a black person moved next door, just walked 
into the community. They'd be calling the cops in 15 minutes if they sit around the pool and they yenta and they yenta oh, and, oh, they, and, and they play these mahjong games and they yenta it was, and they yenta. It was because of uh, the yentas like your mom years ago. <laughs> yeah. Remember, at the pool there in Brighton Beach, that was the biggest pool. That went on like for four blocks. Uh, Ed Koch was losing and running against uh, uh, Mario Facha Bruta Como. There was a runoff. And the Cuomos, through Andrew, had put up signs, vote for Cuomo, not the homo. I remember that. So all that, was, that was Andrew's slogan. Oh, that was all Andrew, all the way, despicable as he is, as much as he denies <laughs> it. And so all of a sudden, the campaign manager for Koch says, I'm calling up my very dear friend, Bess Meyerson. You are going to walk around with her. You're going to be smooching, kissing, promise if you get elected. You'll have a marriage in Gracie Mansion. Everybody knew Ed was gay, right? And they were hugging, and they went to all the Yentas. And all the boobies and zayas. <laughs> and it's, oh, look, we're going to get married. Oh, Ed Koch, Bess Meyerson, the most beautiful Jewish woman ever, ever in the world since Esther, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's how he got elected mayor. That's how he got elected mayor. Did you just say Bess Meyerson, the most beautiful girl since Esther? Yes. <laughs> Remember, she was the first Jewish American woman, and I think the only one ever to be Miss America in Atlantic City. And she was drop-dead gorgeous. She was beautiful, yes. Although she uh, ended up with that schmuck, that sewer contracted in Howard Beach. I forget his name. Oh, my God. Guy, John Gotti? No, no, oh. no. Uh, close to him. Yeah. Close to him. Because I, I know John Gotti at one point, he did bang Mark Gastineau's ex-wife for a long time. Lisa Gastineau. Yeah, and uh, so did uh, quite a few other people. Right? <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's anybody, and this is a very sincere question. Yes. I'm giving you a lot of credit. Yes. Because when you come on this show, sometimes I just sit here with my mouth open because I love all the nostalgia stuff. Do you think there's anybody alive today, maybe Alan Dershowitz, maybe, that knows as much about New York and the five boroughs as you. No, Alan Dershowitz doesn't know about Not the even five close. boroughs. He knows Brooklyn. That's it. Right, that's so it. is there anybody alive today that knows as much history in New York? And if you say yes, you're not being... You're no, not being... no, no, no. I'll tell you why. Because I've been chased out of every neighborhood in New York, guys, with bats, chain sticks. <laughs> when you have been chased out of neighborhoods for your survival, you learn a lot yeah. about the city of New York very quickly. Or that could be it. You'll be dead on arrival. And then guys like you will send me deathbed lilies. <laughs> oh, he was such a good guy. You go to the florist, right? You say, oh, Curtis, he was so good. Look at him. Look at him in the casket. He actually looks better in death than he did in life. Oh, the mortician did a wonderful job. Yeah, he got shot 38 times, and he really stitched him up pretty damn good. By the way, did you see this ultimate disgraziata de Shanda? AOC, all our crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the socialists. Don't call them democratic socialists. They're socialists. She sent out a message. She goes, we are now overseeing the People's Republic of Astoria. We hold every government position in Astoria. Astoria, Tony Bennett, right? Yes. The Astoria kid. The bur- the area of Queens, it used to be moderate Democrats. Peter Vallone Sr., right, used to oversee that. Now... We have to go in there and fight. I opened up the Ronald Reagan Republican Club right near uh, right near Steinway Street in the VFW Hall. The socialists said, you can't do that. This is our area. I said, hell no. This is America. This is capitalism. This is New York City. And we're going to fight you every step of the way. Where are the other Republicans? Where are the moderate Democrats? They've given up. We just opened up a Ronald Reagan Club in Staten Island. We're fighting the socialists there. We're in Patterson. We're opening up, believe it or not, on the same block as uh, 
Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, 11th Street and 7th Avenue in the heart of Park Slope where all the socialists are. you got to join us in this battle. I'm with you, and, and I'm also I'm diving head in with you with Kelly Klingman. Exactly. Whatever you want me to do, Curtis, I'm your soldier here. I'm like one of your guardian angels. I'll put her on whatever it takes to beat this horrible Tiffany Caban. I am with you 1,000%. Well, I'll tell you what, at the next Ronald Reagan Club meeting there in the VFW Hall, we'll give you a, we'll give you a, a swipe card. A metro card. Oh, nice. You can come out on the end train, right? You can walk there. We'll give you a dirty water hot dog. And you can give one of your speeches there, right? Curtis, you're going to get me a car, my friend. Just so you know, just you know, I was told that you're going to be at this big dinner on Monday night where they're honoring me, the Hunter Biden laptop guy, and Giuliani, Woody Giuliani. And at one point, I actually said, Is Curtis going to be the guy to give me the award? Now it's going to be Chris Alenzo. But I think so highly of you well, was, that I wanted you to give me the award, but you've been pushed out. What, what am yeah. I, the maitre d' there? Uh, what am I taking the point, drink yes. orders? Yes, there, basically, you know? sure. Yeah. Am I, am I uh, Matzo bowl soup? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, what the hell am I? Chop liver here. Well, you want me to take the end train to your Ronald Reagan club? you got to be real. you got to keep it real. Yeah. You're going into the belly of the beast, the heart <laughs> of socialism, the motherland of AOC, all our crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and her mini-me combined. And by the way, Eric Adams had him over for dinner two Saturdays ago at Gracie Mansion. Why don't you ask him about that? He's bowed to the socialists, the AOCs, waved the white flag, he's given up. Not Curtis Lewa. I'm going to fight him every step of the way. Improve, don't move, we're not fleeing to Florida. Although it's looking better every day, Sid Roosevelt. We're going to improve, not move, and fight for what we know is right. We're coming after you, socialists. Every last one of you in New York City. I know you know someone that has a negative vibe. And if you're trying to make it, they only push you aside. They really don't have nowhere to go. Ask them where they're going. They don't know. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. That's a lot of malarkey. Get going locally tomorrow. Once again, the Nets, game one in Philly against the 76ers, a 1 p.m. tip. And the voice of the Brooklyn Nets, one of the great play-by-play men ever. He does the NFL on CBS, college basketball on CBS. But uh, my history with this man goes back to when we used to fill in from Mike and the Mad Dog. You remember these days, Lewis, in the summer when Mike and the Mad Dog would take off, Chernoff would employ the one-two punch of Sid Rosenberg and Iron Eagle. And I wrote this in my first book, You're Wrong and You're Ugly, which about 10 people read back in 2010. 
that working with Ian was awesome. He may be the only guy on the planet. You know, we talk about how much Kodish knows about New York. He may be the only guy on the planet that has more useless information than me. You're pretty close, too, Lewis. I'm, uh, I guess I'm up there. You're up there. But he's, he is a blast to work with. And he's hilarious. He's a super guy. One of the funniest guys. I actually remember him back to when he used to run the board. I know. For Mike and Chris. No, and run the board. And he also was on Imus, too. Right. Yeah, but he he's, ran the board for Mike and Chris. And, you know, his, his son now is a, is a tremendous play-by-play guy. Went to Syracuse as kid, too. So he's going to join us at 925 this morning. Nets at Sixers starts tomorrow, and the Knicks and Cavaliers start tomorrow at 6. And we already had Mike Breen on this week on Tuesday. So when my good buddy, who I love dearly, Chris Olivero, tries to figure out why, at least in 12-plus, I mean, look, 25 to 54, they're doing a great job there. They just are. i got to be honest. Boomer, Craig, they do a great job. But we do take their listeners quite a bit here because, you know, how much can you talk about the Yankees and the Mets every day? Here we're giving you all of that, plus the politics and the news and the pop culture and the music and all that stuff. We take their listeners all the time, and we've given you now Mike Breen and Iron Eagle this week. So sports, we got you covered. You know, talking about the NBA playoffs, I got a uh, text the other day from a guy I really like. His name is Dr. Arthur Turovitz, and he's the man behind MJ Diet. Forty days you will lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40-plus pounds. And now, 85 and sunny today, I see some of you running out there by Battery Park. I don't know how these guys do it. They're fat. It's 85 degrees. They're fat. They have, like, you know, 19 sweatshirts on and, and two water bottles. And all that's great. I love the fact they're out there working hard. I saw a guy in the gym yesterday, had to be 400 pounds. I congratulate him. I said, you're my inspiration today. I love that. But, um... Just MJ diet, man. You lose all this weight right away. And the weather's nice, and you want to you want to look good like I did yesterday, shirtless in Battery Park. Take advantage. But, you know, he's a big basketball fan, Arthur. In fact, the last time I saw him was at a Nick 76. He's a big Philly guy. Big Philly guy. Loves the Eagles like you, Alec, and Phillies and Sixers. So me and Gabe were at a Nick 76er game last season. Not this one. Dr. Mark Siegel gave us those tickets. And I saw Audie there. So Artie was on with us, what, about two months ago? And he said that he said to me, watch out for the Lakers. Now, here's where I think Artie's out of his mind. Be completely honest, Justin, be completely honest. How many arguments, I mean arguments, pre-show arguments, Justin and Lou, have I had with you? Not really you, more like the Dino, even even Mike, may have been um, Phil. Yeah, Phil. That LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA, and when he wants to play, you could have Giannis. Curry, no one can stop him. How many times have I said that? Countless. Countless. Lou, how many times, Lou? Uh, it seems to be a constant din from the news all the time. All the time. Yes, right. So all the time. So how would I ever discount the Lakers? But I'm still making the point that LeBron is still the best player, and if he's healthy and he wants to play. He's the most unstoppable guy in the league still. And if Davis is healthy, so he contends, Artie, that he said, watch out for the Lakers, and I argued with him. And it seems unlikely when, again, almost every day for the last year and a half, I try to explain to you guys that any team with LeBron you can never count out. Yes? Well, uh, you want me to pull the tape? Yeah, pull it. Go ahead. 
No, no, I mean, sure, pull it. Unless, uh, unless I'm wrong, then, of course, no, you're not then wrong. you can't find the tape. That's again. That's, right. that's, gone. that's how it works. I'm having trouble, trouble like, trying to figure out when he was on. I don't know. I just know that I argue with you guys all the time. That LeBron is still the best. You can't stop LeBron. And so he's uh, touting the Lakers, and he's like, I want to come out. I go, they beat the Timberwolves in overtime. You're not at the chest-beating part yet. How about winning a playoff series? Even if I can, t- even if I guess what? Uh, you're right. You said it. I didn't say it. How about winning a series first? An overtime win against Minnesota just to make the playoffs isn't exactly. Uh oh, here we come. So let's see. But uh, at any rate, he's a great guy, and I love his passion. He's a big sports fan, and he listens to us, not the IP guys in Philadelphia, not Boomer and Geo. He listens to us. So thank you, Artie. And uh, his wife is lovely, too, by the way. Have yourself a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the NBA playoffs. Okay. We've had a great show already. Chris Lenzo joined us last hour. I thought Curtis Sliwa was just amazing moments ago. Coming up next, the pride of Rockland County. This guy's a big-time congressman out of that area, and he wants to talk about this Pentagon League story. There has been an arrest. We'll tell you about the kid they arrested and all that with Congressman Mike Lawler coming up next. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon without incident. He will have an initial appearance at the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts. That's the corrupt Attorney General Merrick Garland on the arrest of this 21-year-old Air Guardsman who's responsible for leaking a lamp. It's not really funny, but my kid, for example, Gabe, he's 14. He's on Discord, one of these things. I talk to his buddies on these chat rooms, and that's basically what this kid was doing, trying to impress all of his friends in a chat room and giving out information about Ukraine and the United States. And they busted the kid yesterday. But how important is it? How bad was it? We have to talk to a guy that uh, knows about all that. He's, uh, as I call him, the pride of Rockland County. That's uh, District 17, I believe. And uh, he's a congressman. And he showed up at Joe and Joe in Pearl River for my book signing. And ever since that day, he got me. Kind of like Jerry Maguire. You had me at hello. Here he is, my good buddy, Mike Lawler. Michael, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Sid. How are you? I'm great. I know that uh, you and I were both out of the country last week. We Danielle and I and my son Gabe went to see my daughter Ava celebrate her 19th birthday in Wales and London. And I came back, and all I keep talking about all week is how disappointed I am in New York that London is is a big city and, and all the things we've got, they've got. Well, they, they had it first, actually. Theater District, Fidei, and it's clean and beautiful, and this city's a mess. And you were in uh, Asia, I believe, last week, too. You probably experienced the same things that we did. No, no question. We were uh, in Tokyo. Uh, Seoul and Taipei, and I'll tell you, Tokyo is uh, remarkable how clean it is. Uh, You know, there's very little crime, uh, and you see 
that in comparison of what continues to go on in New York. Uh, and it's sad. It really is. New, New York, we had 20 years of uh, tremendous gains uh, in terms of growth, in terms of the city getting cleaned up, crime coming down. Uh, Bill de Blasio destroyed the city in eight years. Uh, between him and Lori Lightfoot, it's a, it's a, a competition between <laughs> who is the worst mayor in the history of, of the country. Now, listen, I, I would also uh, throw I, I would throw Eric Garcetti, Los Angeles, into that same mix. And you're right, uh, these blue city mayors are destroying it. And just uh, to add to your story, my wife Danielle was in Tokyo two weeks before you were. She actually ran the marathon in Japan, and she said as clean as London was, to your point, Mike, Japan was even cleaner than that. Now, you said very little crime. I can tell you in London there are no guns. The bad guys don't have guns, and cops don't have guns. Same thing in Japan, right? Yeah, no, there's no question. Um, And obviously, you know, in New York City, you have a ton of illegal guns uh, on the streets, which certainly – uh, does not help matters, uh, to say the least. And, you know, I think it, it, it really is a question going forward of, of how we deal with this. We're seeing uh, right now, obviously, the debate in the state legislature uh, with, with the governor over the budget. Uh, bail reform is, is part of that debate. Seemingly, she's holding out for changes uh, to bail reform. But, you know, think about this. I've said it many times. New York State is the only state in the country without a dangerousness standard. A judge cannot consider whether somebody is a threat to society uh, in determining whether or not to hold them uh, behind bars pending trial. Right, and let me just add to what you're just saying, because I had Melissa DeRosa on this show yesterday, and uh, I said, hey, Melissa, while Governor Cuomo comes on this station, and now all of a sudden is Mr. I'm battling crime, let's not forget, you guys, you too, Melissa, you and Andrew, you started this thing, and she said, she said to your point just now, Yes, but we included the dangerous clause, the dangerousness clause, excuse me, excuse me. And she said it wasn't our fault. We couldn't put that through, basically, and that's where the whole thing fell apart. So she agrees that we needed that clause. That was, if you go back, because New York did not have a dangerousness standard, judges were using cash bail as a de facto dangerousness standard. Uh, and and so by not having that, when this uh, cashless bail law was put in place, uh, it obviously created a major problem. And so judges not only didn't have discretion, uh, but they did not have the ability to, to hold somebody on remand uh, if they were a threat to society. So this this is, is a major problem. It needs to be fixed. Um, you know, we'll see if the governor uh, has a strong enough backbone to stand up to Carl Hasty and Andrea Stewart-Cousins here. Good luck. I, I think uh, in this new New York, believe it or not, she's got less power than the actual legislators, which makes no sense. And the mayor has been reduced to just putting on a nice suit and tie and telling folks what they want to hear on both sides. That's our new well, government. She, she, she ceded uh, her power uh, over the last two years, and it, it's been embarrassing to watch. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Eric Adams, uh, I mean, it's, it's just a clown show, frankly. Wow. All right. Well, I'm not going to go that far, but I hear you. A lot of people agree with you. In fact, the majority happen to agree with you, Mike. Uh, I do want to talk about this uh, Pentagon leak. Uh, Merrick Garland, you heard the audio there. They did make the arrest yesterday, some dopey 21-year-old kid. When I say dopey, he's actually an air guardsman, and he is around all this intelligence, so he's not exactly that dopey, but he's a kid. 
And he's in a chat room like my son does, and he's throwing all this stuff out there. We make this arrest yesterday. Give me your thoughts on, on A, I think the, the most important question is, why was this kid able to do what he did for as long as he did without anybody paying attention? Well, I think that obviously uh, is the most pressing question, uh, especially as we look towards the future to ensure that something like this never happens again. Uh, people can sit and debate the merits of, of the information that was released, and they can sit and argue about you know whether or not the public should know certain things. Uh, that is up for debate, and that's something that should be discussed uh, through Congress. If somebody has information that they think should be uh, made available to Congress, there are certain uh, uh, ways to do that. You can come to Congress to disclose that information, but to do so in a classified setting. To leak this information, as this uh, gentleman did, uh, is a crime. And it endangered the lives of our service members. It endangered the lives of our intelligence officials. It endangered the lives of those cooperating with the United States. Uh, especially in areas like Russia, uh, and and put people in jeopardy. And when you have a situation like we're dealing with with the war in Ukraine, uh, where you're dealing with a vile thug and dictator in Vladimir Putin who will stop at nothing uh, to murder, to uh, commit war crimes, and you put this information out into the public, you are jeopardizing the lives of people over in Ukraine. And I don't care what his intentions were. I don't care what he thought uh, he was doing to, to make the public aware. Uh, it's all a bunch of nonsense. And as far as I'm concerned, he should be fully prosecuted and spend the rest of his life behind bars. Oh, really? 21-year-old kid in a chat room. And, again, what he did, you're right, was national security, put lot, all those things. But you would put – a 21-year-old kid in a, in a chat room in jail forever? You, you swear allegiance to the United States and to uphold the Constitution. When you put on that uniform, uh, you have a, a grave responsibility. And what he did here was put lives at risk. He jeopardized the relationship between the United States and our allies uh, across the globe. Uh, and there is no excuse for it. And, I, and, and nobody will be able to convince me that this was some justified leak. It was not. There are ways to go about uh, providing Congress with sensitive information uh, that, you know, they may need to know uh, because the decisions being made in the executive branch uh, as, as a co-equal branch of government. There is a, a, a legal process uh, to do this stuff. This is not the way to do it. And when you when you jeopardize uh, our country like this, I'm sorry. The book should be thrown at you. Anybody who's engaged in this, the book should be thrown at you. Yeah, I'm not, uh, it's, no, it's I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I, I am really not. I just it's uh, that to hear you say it is uh, is bold, but I'm not arguing with you because. You know, but but Sid, it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. There's no consequences for anybody anymore. True. It's a joke. True. People think they can do whatever the hell they want because there are no consequences. And I'm sorry, uh, this is egregious. This is egregious. This is the worst leak we've had in in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, We're in the middle of a war. uh, And I'm sorry, whether, whether people fully support the war in Ukraine or not, understand this. Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin's intent is to go well beyond Ukraine. And we just came back from Japan, Korea, Taiwan. 
when I was on the island of Taiwan, China was, uh, you know, uh, had battleships, swarties surrounding the island doing, quote unquote, exercises while we were on the island, all because we were visiting Taiwan. Guess what? Taiwan is our eighth largest trade partner in the world. Sixty percent of international trade comes through the Strait of Taiwan and 90 percent of semiconductors are manufactured. Uh, you know, on the island of Taiwan. All those video games that this kid was playing, guess what? That's because of semiconductors. <laughs> so yeah, this, yeah, whole, yeah. this whole thing yeah. is, is serious. Uh, we, there is an unholy alliance between China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran. And we're sitting here playing twiddly dinks in, in, in our country. It's, it's a total joke, and, it, and it's embarrassing. Uh, you're right, and I think you've made a very good argument that he should be put away forever. Uh, and uh, now I, I happen to agree with you. I, I, I didn't really think about the repercussions. I knew there had to be some, maybe years in jail, but I'd rather go the way you're going because you're right. Nobody, There's no repercussions anymore, and we need to start making examples of some folks. And, look, when you talk about all these warships in Taiwan and – what Putin wants to do. By the way, who cares what Putin wants to do? He can't even win in Ukraine. It has been the most pathetic war for Russia I've ever seen. He's not going anywhere else because he hasn't won there yet. But it all comes back to one man for me. It ain't Putin. It's not G. It's not Rocket Man in North Korea. It's not the mullahs in, in Iran. It's Biden. Again, the reason why the world is on fire in all these countries have big balls now, Mike Lawler, is because Joe Biden's a pussy, and they know it. So they're going into all these battles. We didn't need to have people die in Afghanistan. We didn't need any of that stuff. As soon as Biden beat Trump, they said, uh-oh, that crazy guy with the orange hair is out of here. Let's go. That's the issue, not these dictators and madmen around the world. You, it's our own president. At, when you look at what happened in Afghanistan, and, and the withdrawal in Afghanistan and, and the uh, Biden administration put out this abomination of a report right. uh, last week, basically taking no responsibility uh, for their actions and their decisions made. Joe Biden is president of the United States. He is commander in chief. He is 100 percent responsible for the decisions uh, that get made, especially with respect to the withdrawal in Afghanistan. And we lost 13 service members. Uh, as a result of his decisions. And to be clear, uh, I strongly believe that Russia saw exactly what happened with that withdrawal and made the determination that America did not have the resolve and and our allies did not have the resolve and that he could do exactly what he did with Crimea back in 2014 under the Obama administration and that Biden would do nothing about it. Now, he made a, a, a... grave miscalculation in that the Ukrainian people uh, were not going to just roll over. Uh, But it showed weakness and it gave Putin an opportunity to act. The same thing is happening with China. China is watching exactly what is happening in Ukraine, and they're making calculations based on that with respect to Taiwan. The biggest takeaway that I had from uh, our trip to the Indo-Pacific was the need for the United States to lead and work very closely with Japan, Korea, Australia, the Philippines, and Thailand uh, to build a NATO-like alliance in the Indo-Pacific to deter China from taking any action. With oh, uh, it looks like we lost Mike right at the money shot. 
deterred China from taking any action. Uh, I think he's back now. There he is. Uh, hey, Mike, I'll finish this thing up. To deter China from what now? To deter China from taking any action in Taiwan or the Strait of Taiwan. Right. And that that is what we need to be doing as a country. Obviously, we want to avoid any war. But as Ronald Reagan said, peace through strength. Yes. And we need Agreed. to be strong. And yeah. Joe Biden is weak. Weak. And that is the problem. Weak and feeble. And don't forget, he was part of that Obama administration. He was the vice president when Putin went to Crimea for the first time. That's why I say, and you can all talk to your blue on the face, it didn't take dead soldiers in Afghanistan, God rest their souls, for Putin to make this move. It was not a matter of if, it was a matter of when. That may have been the green light that day, but he was going in no matter what. And uh, we don't stop anybody. We don't do anything. But what does all this have to do with New City or Pearl River? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, it's, uh, I'll tell you, my, one of my predecessors was Ben Gilman. He was the former chair of, uh, of Foreign Affairs, uh, and uh, he represented Rockland County well. And uh, I'm, I'm certainly honored to follow in his footsteps. Uh, 20 years after he left office uh, to serve on the Foreign Affairs Committee and, and represent Rockland County. Uh, you do a great job, man. I'm, I'm really happy you won. Uh, very happy for three of the four of you that won on that day. <laughs> uh, and you really represent uh, you know, Rockland County and New York. And everybody I know that, that uh, knows you, Mike, they love you, including me. So thank you for hopping on this morning. It. Thank you, man. You're smart. You know what's going on. You're always great on this show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sid. Talk All right, to my you man. Soon. Have a great weekend. There he is, the pride of Rockland County. Very impressive young congressman, my good buddy, Mike Lawler. Still a lot more to do, folks, including Dersh is coming back. It's my new man crush, Alan Dershowitz. Who knew? Dersh is coming back. We'll talk to the voice of the Brooklyn Nets, one of the all-time greats, Ian Eagle, and another big-time star here on WABC. She's been making the moves the last couple of days, TV all over town, former Nassau County executive Laura Curran and comedian actor Tony Darrow. All that's still to come. Only halfway through the Friday edition of New York's favorite talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Friday night, baby. Friday night. Odyssey 2001. Let's go to Brooklyn Crazy Country Club. Do some dancing, baby. Tony, I love to watch you dance. I love to watch you dance, Tony. Night Fever, BGs. 
808 86 and sunny, a Friday afternoon in New York's greatest home. Oh, I was going to say the world's greatest city, but who am I kidding? We're not even close right now. I mean, we cool, we cool, but we ain't the best, nothing like that, you know. Got a lot of good guests still stopping by today. Tony Darrow, Ian Eagle, Laura Curran, Alan Dershowitz, all still a come, but good conversation with uh, Mike Lawler. I like him, but I was a little surprised he wants to throw the book. I had a 21-year-old kid in a chat room. You heard me. I was surprised. Because the truth is, is, and Bob Cornicelli, who ran against, um, who's that guy that Peter King loves, uh, Garbarino? Cornicelli makes his point. He goes, Lawler mentioned punishing the kid. What about all of his supervisors? How'd the kid get that info? This is not a one-level infraction. He's not the only person who has said that the last couple of days. I mean, yeah, this dopey kid has to be punished. There's no doubt about it. But like I've been saying all morning long, my son Gabriel does the same thing. He's 14. He's a dopey kid. Trying to show off to his buddies. Question is, how was he able to get all that information? And also the question is, why was he able to do this for as long as he did before somebody figured it out? This uh, idiot Merrick Garland. But he's not alone, Robert and other folks, when they say, hey, it's not the kid. The bigger issue is Washington. I mean, it's kind of funny, and Curtis will talk about this later. Curtis is very smart. When Lawler says, come to us, close the doors and talk to Congress. I mean, I love Mike Lawler. I love him, but you can trust Congress about as much as O.J. Simpson. So who's really to blame you? Is it this kid? And certainly he is to blame. He did it. I get it. But it seems to be a much larger issue. So the guy that really did a good job at this last night, and Frank Morano, the great Frank Morano, tipped me off to this. Uh, Tucker Carlson, who was the best talent on television today, Jesse Waters is second. And Jesse is only second now because he puts me on all the time. At least he will be now in the, in the near future, putting me on all the time. Um, but Tucker made the point last night that, like Cornicelli and those are making a they ain't the kid. So here it is, courtesy of Tucker Carlson and Fox News last night. Who's really to blame? The only man who has been taken into custody, or likely ever will be, is a 21-year-old Massachusetts Air National Guardsman who leaked the slides that showed that Lloyd Austin was lying. He revealed the crimes, therefore he's the criminal. That's how Washington works. Telling the truth is the only real sin. Now our news media exist and have constitutional protection precisely in order to push back against this grotesque standard. Their only job is to tell the truth. And yet tonight, the news media are celebrating the capture of the kid who told Americans what's actually happening in Ukraine. They are treating him like Osama bin Laden, maybe a little worse, actually, because unlike al-Qaeda, apparently this kid is a racist. See, what I disagree with Tucker there is, is yes, he did tell the truth. He told the truth. Lloyd Orson's a liar. All that is great, but... Talk, you can't you can't be doing that stuff on a chat room. I mean, he's not a kid. He's twenty one. He's still okay, a, he's kind it, of a kid. Yeah, he's a, in general terms. No, yeah, I know, I know. But I mean, Tucker, you still can't be if you have that information, whether it's true or not. You can't be putting that stuff in a chat room. So that's why I disagree with Tucker. He's right. The kid wasn't lying, but that's not the charge here. The kid wasn't charged with lying. He was charged with putting out classified information, Pentagon stuff. On a, in a chat room. So Tucker's right and wrong. Frank said he made a um, 
pretty persuasive case that the kid wasn't wrong. I disagree with that. I mean, the kid was wrong. Bottom line is, whether he's telling the truth or not, he knows better. He did take the oath. You don't put stuff like that in a chat room, whether it's true or not true. So the kid is wrong, but the question remains, is he the only one? How did he get the information? Why did it take so long to figure out that he was doing this? To me, those are the bigger questions. But uh, now, after listening to Tucker last night, I don't think he made a real good argument for the kid. I don't. Because he told the truth. What, what does that mean? That information doesn't belong in a chat room. I mean, is that fair, Lewis? He's not a kid. Stop saying that. When you're 21, you're a kid to me. Okay, so when when's the adult? I don't know. I when you get arrested the first time, when you go to rehab, well, you know, now real he's a, life now stuff. He's an yeah. Adult then. yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, no, I'm just he's I'm in a chat room with his buddies. I know. Him. I'm kind of kidding. Okay, fine. So the young adult. I mean, does it make <laughs> sense that? Well, yes, he told the truth. He shouldn't be doing it there, in a chat room, in a public place. Does that make sense? He's not right. He shouldn't. No. Right. No. no. So I'm not sure exactly not, what uh, Tucker was talking about. No, but he's got to. There's got to be some punishment or something. Yeah, of course. Right. right. I'm getting sick of this uh, presidential race, too. I'm, I'm really getting sick of it. But it hasn't even really, like, it's still not for another <laughs> I'm year. sick of it. Yeah, but then you have to go through, like, you have to really talk about it for the next year. Then it happens. So then it becomes, like, our Super Bowl. And then you get the primary. You get the general. I mean, it's a, I mean, my God. It's, this is going to go on for the next three years. You're, you're, not getting, you're not getting out of this. Three years? Yeah. What are you talking you about? Not, next are, year's the election, you moron. You are not getting out of this. So you're going to tell me that in 2026 we're still going to be talking about the election, even though it's going to be over for two years? Uh, well, depending on who wins, yeah. Hmm. I bet we'll still be talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. Well, we should be talking about that until he gets arrested. I'm okay talking about that. If we're talking about that in 2026, I'm moving. No, you're right about that. <laughs> At that point, that'll be like seven years of this. I mean, are you kidding? Uh, I'd rather stick lit cigarettes someplace. Have you ever done that before? I have. Yes. It's not that bad, I hate to tell you. Yes, McSorley's played it. I <laughs> yeah, think so. Must have. I See, my problem with this stupid Try race this, is, is that there's only two people that matter. You know, I don't care what Brian Kilmeade says. Or, and I love Brian. Oh, no, no one gave Barack Obama. It's the same thing. It's like uh, coming to America, right? Every time. Every time a white man wins, I got to hear about Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. It's the same thing with this. Yes, Barack Obama, that was a surprise. So what? There's two men who matter in this race. Two. That's it. Trump, Donnie, DeSantis, Ronnie, the Donnie and Ronnie show. I mean, I don't want to. Mike Pence is on Fox News right now. And I like Mike. I had the opportunity, thanks to John Katz and Matides, to meet Mike Pence. Mike Pence sat with me, did an interview. This going back, what, about a month ago? He's a great American, terrific guy, real good conservative. And he was treated unfairly by Trump. I still love Trump. He won't be the first or the last to be treated unfairly by Trump. But he has he has less of a chance of winning the presidency than me. I'm not even running. I mean, it's such nonsense. Tim Scott? Black guy, South Carolina, great. I mean, I would... Bet that these people don't even get 5%, let alone become real contenders. What in the world is going to happen that Tim Scott or Nikki Haley or Mike Pence or Mike Pompeo or this ass munch, Asa Hutchinson, this moron. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
These people are not going to be able to compete. It's not going to be close. They're going to be at 2%, 3%. DeSantis will be at 28 and Ronnie and Donnie will be at 45. Nothing's going to change unless Trump has to go to prison. No, I don't see that happening. I mean, I know they've got 19 cases out there, and they're trying their hardest, I know. But I know a couple of his attorneys are damn good. This race is not a race. It's two guys. Unless the whole world falls apart, and we're down to people like Scott, Haley, Pence, then it's a different story. But as long as these two behemoths, Trump and DeSantis, are in this, there is no race. But they got to treat it like that, you know, because they, they need people. They can't just talk to Trump and DeSantis all day. So they bring on Pence like he's a real worthy competitor. Are you nuts? Are you crazy? And then Alec has to cut it up every morning, which is really annoying. There's yeah. another guy. That, this guy this guy is, is really out of his mind. This Chris Sununu. Can't even spell his name, let alone run for president. <laughs> Who the hell is Chris Sununu? How many U's, how many N's? Ah. He's a big deal in New Hampshire. Great. And he was on Fox News with Kill Me, because Kill Me'd... See, Brian's smart. He knows he's got to make this into a real exciting thing at Fox News, and we got all these candidates. So this Sununu gets airtime. Here's the best part, too. So they come on, they go, listen, i got to discuss this with my family. i got to figure this out. Who cares? You have to discuss this with your family. My God, who cares? Jesus has to tell me the right thing to do. Like we're all waiting with bated breath, you know. Hey, did Pence, uh, is he coming? Hey, is Sununu going to do this? <laughs> so here's Sununu with Kilmeade on Fox News yesterday telling us, as if we're waiting for this, he hasn't decided yet. This is a cut number eight, Lewis. You wouldn't get in unless you can win, and you haven't decided if you think you can win yet, or have you? Well, yeah, no. <laughs> well, look, I, I would only get in if I really thought there was a chance to win. I think that I think that goes for all the candidate, potential candidates, right? So I, I, there's just a lot to play out between now and the summer when folks really have to make their decisions. Uh, but I think the the polling threshold will be very low. I think right. the uh, this race won't really tighten up until kind of later in the fall, early in the winter. Right. So uh, we'll see what happens. But well, e- either governor, way, we I'm gotta a- we gotta expand our message. We gotta expand our brand. Yeah, he's. Mike Lawler just texted me. He said, quote, I listened to the top of the hour after his uh, great interview. Two quick points. One, as I said at the beginning of the interview, we need to get to the bottom of why the kid was able to get this information in the first place, which is what I've been saying all morning. Two, if the kid is whistleblowing, there's a way to do it. If Lloyd Austin is lying, you come to Congress and we will do an investigation and hold hearings to expose it without jeopardizing other intelligence and sources. I got news for you. He's lying, okay? Now you heard it from me. Lloyd Austin is lying. (laughs) To put this out in the public as the means of exposing a lie by the DOD puts lies at risk. So I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing that Teixeira should not be put in prison. I think the rest of his life is way too much. That's my opinion. And I kind of intimated that during the Lawler conversation because He's not alone here when it comes to the blame. But I'm not saying the kid, it's okay what he did. He should go to jail. But there's a much bigger issue in D.C. than Jack Teixeira. Here's Peter King 
He just texted me, too. My phone is blowing up. Teixeira may only be 21, but many of our soldiers putting their lives on the line are 21 and under and could be killed because of this traitor, as could many of our agents and operatives overseas. You're a man at 21. I wasn't. There have to be severe consequences. For, well, guys, I'm not arguing that, Peter and, um, and Mike. How many times have I said in the last 20 minutes, put the kid in jail? But the rest of his rest of his life is what he That's thinks. way too much. And oh, secondly, no. <laughs> and secondly the, 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 there's a much bigger issue. What is going on at the Pentagon and in D.C. that a, that a 21-year-old guy who's not a man at that point, stop it, stop. Most guys become men in their 30s. You can get married. You can have a drink. You can drive a car. You're not a man. Why is this kid in a chat room with all this information? What is going on at the Pentagon that that's allowed? That's a bigger question. I'm not saying don't put the kid in jail. You know, but to me, it's kind of like the guy that walks into the building strapped with explosives. Yeah, he blew it up. And people died because he blew it up. But who was the guy that gave him that jacket? Who was the guy that told him to do it? Yeah, Muhammad Atta flew the plane into the building, but who's the guy that told him to do it? There's a bigger issue here than Jack Teixeira. He's just some putz. Put him away, fine. But you, Pete King, you, Mike Lawler, need to come to the quick realization we got much bigger issues in D.C. with this story than Jack Teixeira. Is that fair to say, Alec, you're, you're a uh, pretty good with this Pentagon stuff, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an expert, some might say. Yeah. What makes you an expert um, but, in this uh, uh, Pentagon discussion? Yeah, no, I, um, I know. You know, tell this, yes, uh, tell, no. tell this, uh, in fact, tell Pete King, because Noam's not here today. Yeah. Being that they're all, they're all texting me now. Tell him to call in next at 825. Okay. Hey, Congressman, uh, Justin Ellick here, uh, executive producer for Sidney Rosenberg here at 77 W. Uh, Justin, Justin, uh, just, Justin. Uh, yeah. I didn't mean to tell him on the air. I meant uh. call and text him. <laughs> The preceding was a look into the background of the Sit and Friends program. Please stand by. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, look who's on CNN right now. Take a look at this, Lewis. Who is it? Oh, it's the mayor. It's the mayor. Yes. All right. Now, All right. this this right here, see, uh, uh, I, I have to. I, I... Eric, Don Lemon, really? Mayor Eric Adams and Don Lemon? I see another dinner needs to be had. I think another talk. It's time for a dinner, yeah. It's time for Rosenberg and Adams to have a serious dinner. Because now I'm almost at the point where it's um, time to move on. Not that I won't support him. Not that I won't wish the best for him because it's my city. But I can't continue to tell everybody he's my friend and we're great when he goes on TV with Don Lemon. Or when he compares himself to Joe Biden. When he tells me on this show that Alvin Bragg is doing a good job, I can't do that. I'm sorry. The DA of Manhattan, who you know what I think of him, okay? He's a piece of crap. Even Dove Hiking, or just you called him a piece of crap. And I don't get eight nines because of Adams or anybody, for that matter. I get eight nines because of me. I mean, all the guests help, don't get me wrong. These guys are great. Great. Pete King, Bill O'Reilly. Katz, when he comes on, he's great. But, you know, doesn't matter. So I'm not going to sacrifice the integrity of the show and or how I feel because the guy's a decent name. I just don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to do that. So now I have to have dinner with Adams. Now 
I have to go back to the 9-11 memorial site today and yell at more onlookers. As I told you about it, it's 6 o'clock this morning. <laughs> what? You got, quite, you got quite a lot on the plate. And I got to go to the dentist. So what, which, is, which will be first? You, you can't do the dentist first because you could be full of No, I have killer. to. It's okay. going to be dentist at 12, okay. yelling at people, smiling by the 9-11 memorial, these morons. Oh, that'll help because you'll be pissed off yes, by the dentist. correct. So, yeah, so that'll help. That's Listen a right 2 right o'clock right. deal. And then maybe dinner with the mayor at 6. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Another T-shirt. <laughs> oh we'll be right back. Is sit in friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. I got to read you this text. My friend Ralph Napolitano sent me. Ann and Tony's up there in, on Arthur Avenue. And his brother is a good guy, too. He goes, oh, this kid, and he is a kid. I agree with that. I keep calling him a kid because he's a kid. 21 years old, you're not an adult. Just stop it. He did not reveal info to our enemies. That would make him a traitor. He revealed info to the American people about their lying government. That makes him a hero. F. Peter King. <laughs> but he actually said the word. And all of his politician buddies that he needs to go to jail forever. He deserves a damn parade down the Canyon of Heroes. And Tucker's point was, well, wait a second. What about the leak of the Supreme Court? We never found out about that. But this kid, who's telling the truth, he should go to jail forever. See, me, let me make it very, very clear before I get to Pete. He should go to jail. He's not a hero. What he did was irresponsible. I'm not calling him a traitor, but it was certainly irresponsible and dangerous. So he should go to jail. But jail forever, Mike Lawler? No. But there are some folks who gave this kid this information, will make it possible for this kid to have it, they should go to jail forever. And guess what? We don't know who those folks are. We're not talking about them. With that said, here he is, the great congressman and a huge contributor to this program, my friend Peter King. I'm sorry that Ralph said F. Peter King, bud. What can I tell you, Pete? No, you're not. You're loving that stuff. <laughs> uh, listen, I think, I think you and Tucker Carlson are completely wrong. Yeah. This is such a, and I agree entirely with Mike Lola. This is a dangerous pathway going on. What you're saying. Yeah, what, 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 hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Be careful. No, because I never said it wasn't dangerous. I never said he shouldn't go to jail. What I'm saying is jail forever, as if he's a person, the only one doing this, that uh, and not putting anybody else in jail, that's not fair. Well, first, no, first of all, that, that's that's a stupid argument. If somebody goes out and gives a guy a gun and says, shoot the cop, the guy who shoots the cop is is not a bad guy. Or so let me ask you this. So, so, so if that's well, a stupid well, argument, wait, 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 wait. If that's a stupid argument, why do we go after Osama bin Laden? He didn't crash the planes into the buildings. That was Atta because he was the brains behind the operation. No, after everyone. Sid, they're all evil. They're all evil. Everyone who crashed into the... Uh, uh, Twin Towers was evil. Bin Laden was evil. People go out and kill other people are, are guilty. They're evil. They should be uh, spend their life in jail. But so does the guy who, who gave him the gun. You're saying because you can't get everyone, you get no one. That's insanity. I'm and not saying that. What I'm saying is, no, I'm not saying that. You do. Uh, I'm, I'm, saying that. No, no. I just. 
King, I said, put the kid in jail. If you're in the National Guard, you take an oath to your country. Yeah. And he violated that oath. And for yeah. him to be giving out secrets, which if he had any brains at all, 21, by the way, most of the people who won World War II were 21 years old. Sure. Cops out in the street in New York are 21, 22, 23 years old. The cop who got shot last week in the hip, he was 22 years old. So, again, these are real men and real women that are out there. What you're doing is like you're bringing down, it's like you're transferizing you know, the whole country. You're making say, people never grow up. That's what's wrong with the country. And up in Albany, they changed the criminal laws to say that if you're, unless you're a certain age, you can't be charged as an adult. That's insane. This guy should go to jail for the rest of his life. He's a traitor. What he did was horrible. They're going to be kids killed. You want to call them kids? Killed in Afghanistan. Killed in Iraq. Killed everywhere, anywhere in the world because of what he did. Maybe in Taiwan. And also, we have people, uh, and uh, having been on the Intelligence Committee, the information that we give out about what's happening in Russia and other countries, that's because we have people risking their lives in those countries giving us information. Russia will now be able to track them down, torture them, and kill them because this kid that you think so highly of is going to be out of jail. When the, hold on a second. Hold on. I got, I, got to put, I got to put you on hold for a second because you're not being fair. Uh, think highly of, I've said a thousand times, the kid should go to jail. What are you talking? Did I say, don't arrest him, leave him alone, he's a little boy? I never said that. I don't think highly of him. What I'm saying is there's a much bigger issue, much bigger, that goes above and beyond this kid that we're turning a blind eye to and making this kid the face, the face of our issues. And if all those things happen that you're talking about, it ain't going to be because of this kid. It's going to be because of Joe Biden. That's why. So I'm not making this kid into a great kid. I'm saying put the kid in jail. No, not the rest of his life. And let's find out what's going on there, that this type of information is available to somebody like that who can do what the kid did. But, yes, put the kid in jail. I agree. Okay, Sid, your argument makes no sense at all. What you're saying is unless you get the very top guy right away, you can't put anyone else in jail. No. When did I say that? I'm saying I'm saying there needs to be an investigation. Put the kid in jail now. I can tell you that yes, well, you got people like Jim Jordan, you got people like Mike McCall, you have people like Mike Turner, Sham, the Intelligence Committee. There will be an investigation. Good. We have to send a message loud and clear that anyone, that any man 21 years or older is not allowed to be uh, uh, making public information that's going to cost American life. Listen, if some shit, if some 19 year old Nazi god was putting people uh, uh, in the gas chambers, let him go because we can't get Hitler? No, you have to get every evil person has to be stopped, whether they're 21, 22, or sure. not. You go step by step by step. You get everyone. I agree. But the fact that somebody may have made a mistake in the Pentagon is not the same as somebody intentionally putting out classified, sensitive information that's going to cost American lives. And that's what's going on. Wait, 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 wait a second. He, he put out that Lloyd Austin is a filthy liar, which what he is. That's exactly what he is. What, what, what is all this sensitive information that I'm missing here that I didn't see well, that's going to get our kids you killed? Missing it you don't know what you're talking about. There were so many, articles, so many items and that information yeah. that is going to cost people their lives overseas. That's the reality. How do we know what the uh, Russian leaders are saying? They, the Russians now can find out when that was said, uh, yeah. who was present at the meeting, who they can go after. Right. This is a death sentence for people overseas. If, if people are going to get the death sentence because of him, that he should at least spend his life in jail, if not get the death sentence himself. Wow. Okay, listen, I love your passion, and uh, I know when you're upset because your voice uh, tends to quiver. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 again, you, this is, you've done this. You were Homeland Security. You, you served in Congress. So you are much more 
You're much and smarter. I was on the Intelligence Committee and saw a lot of this information. Yes. I didn't know how hard it was to find it and to get yeah. it. And yeah. people overseas have put their lives on the line to get us inf- that information. And now their lives are at risk because of this one that Tucker Carlson is calling it. it. Well, I would say this. I think you and I actually agree more than you think. You came on wheels ready to go at me. Again, I, I, I do believe the kid should be in jail. I don't think we should put him in jail yet, yet, forever. I do think 21 years old, whether you serve or not, you're not a man yet. You are still a kid. And I do think there's other folks at the Pentagon that need to be taken a very, very, very good look at, above and beyond to share if we're going to solve this problem moving forward. So we agree on some, we disagree. That is going on. That's why the Republicans... Oh, will you stop with that's going on? You know, you're the same guy, Peter, that tells me we should keep giving money to Ukraine because we've got somebody who's keeping an eye on the books. No, we don't. No, we don't. We know nothing. There's nobody taking a good look at that. So wrong. No, I'm 100 percent right. I'm 100 percent right. You had all these Republicans in Congress allowing money to go to Ukraine, not looking at it. People like Mike Turner on the yes, yes, they have no idea. They have no idea. No idea. And you do. And you do. No, I don't. That's a problem. I don't. A guy like Mike Turner who's studying. Listen, you can name Mike Turner ten times. I don't care. I don't know. Mike Turner doesn't know. You don't know. That's part of the problem. We don't know anything. You can't trust Congress. Then we do nothing. In that case, we would always do nothing because you have to satisfy Sid Rosenberg that everything is only eyes have been. Uh, yeah, that's right. And until so until all that's done, we do nothing. You are, well, you are. You are saying right now you're against democracy and representative. No, I'm, I'm against giving. I'm, I'm against giving. I'm against. I'm against giving money to this country. They have been fighting each other forever, Ukraine and Russia. And until I find out where that money is going, I'm not giving them any more. I'm not. Well, you're wrong. You're wrong. No, I'm not I'm wrong. I'm right. Australia. We could have said the same thing during World War Two. Oh, World enough! Oh, stop already with Russ. Stop. 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 You're trying to ignore it's not history. the same thing. I'm sick of that analogy, too. We compare everything to Hitler. Everything goes back to Hitler. Everything. Stop. So let me ask you this guy, Putin, couldn't find his ass in a paper bag. And we're, we're giving this guy hundreds and hundreds of, of millions of dollars, this Zelensky, every opportunity, and we have no idea where that money is going, no matter what you say to me. No okay, idea. Well, you are totally wrong. You're no, I'm totally right. I'm 100 percent right. I'm 100 percent right. You realize how wrong you are. You're okay, totally when you wrong. prove it to me, I'll apologize, okay? Okay, now, should we cut off every dollar we send to Israel, every dollar we send to our allies overseas? No, no, because they're, they're our allies. They're our allies. They so help so us. So is Ukraine. Oh, yeah, they do a heck of a lot. Fighting a heroic battle right now. Fighting a heroic battle. So let me ask you, going back to the initial point, if, if somebody from Black Lives Matter, 20, uh, 20 years old, yeah. goes in and shoots an innocent cop in the head, right. you say it's just a kid. Let's go after no, the no, no, I, no, 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 I told you the kid should be in jail, but he's still a kid. Right, okay, I'm saying, suppose somebody is out tomorrow, a 20-year-old yeah. kid, right. and shoots a cop, cold-blooded, kills him on the spot. You say, well, you know, there's other problems in society. There's other people who are doing this. Let's just get you put this guy in jail for a while and straighten himself out. You, gotta, you can't be a hypocrite. You've you got to be consistent. Well, I'm very consistent. I am very consistent. And that, and, and that kid who shoots, a, and I'm very consistent. And that kid who shoots uh, the cop in the head should be put away forever. But on top of that, Why? he represents Why? a much larger issue. Somebody gave him the gun. How can you put the kid in jail for life if, if you can't get the guy who gave him the it's, gun? It's not the same analogy, Pete. Yes, it is. It's not analogous. No, it's not. It's not. But it's I love you. It's, it's not even close. But I love you. And it was a great conversation. And we will continue this at a different date. But we both agree the kid should be in jail. We both agree that. Right. I say forever. Anyway, and ended on this note. Good job, us. <laughs> Good job, us to you. We'll come back and talk to Alan Dershowitz right after this.
Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. My phone is blowing up. I mean, blowing up. Instagram, Rosenberg.Sydney, my text. Now, like, we love Peter King, but man, you just kicked his ass. Which is all embarrassing for Pete. I mean, Pete's, a, Pete's like a really historically great politician. Like, in my lifetime, I always say King and Giuliani. That's it. Homeland Security, all these other things he served on. But he's got to stop with the Ukraine nonsense. He sounds ridiculous. He's just completely wrong about Congress knowing what's going on with the money. No one has any idea what's going on with the money. I do know that Zelensky just bought a new condo in Fort Lauderdale. Congratulations, Mr. Zelensky. <laughs> and good Chavez. Give me a break already. And everything goes back to Hitler. Every every issue in the world, especially if Putin's involved. Here we go again, World War II. Be careful, okay? And uh, I'm sorry. Was he listening to me or not? I said a hundred times, put the kid in jail. When did I say he's a good kid? I never said that. I do think 21 is still a kid. That's my opinion. But I did say put him in jail. But forever? Forever? When you got you had the Democrats out there, they, they were praising the one who leaked the um, the info about uh, Roe versus Wade. That, that person was a hero. This kid tells the truth about Lloyd Austin. Now we're going to lose 100 guys in, in Afghanistan? Calm down. God. Everything gets so crazy here. The kid should be in jail, but there's a much bigger issue. A much bigger issue. Bottom line. You know, my next guest is a genius. So badly even talking about these things when he's coming on. Constitutional lawyer, and he's become, you know, Joe Tacopina is my best friend. You guys know that. And Joseph is in London right now because he's about to become a grandfather, his first grandchild. His daughter's about to give birth. It's also Joe Tacopina's birthday today. He's the 14th on the 19th, him and Pete Rose. But uh, as close as I am with Tacopina and Idala, all went to poly prep together. My next guest is my new crush. He's my guy, and he's a genius. It's the great Alan Dershowitz. Mr. Brooklyn himself. Good morning, Alan. How are you? Good morning. I wasn't smart enough to get into poly prep, but I always admired the guys who went there. They were they were the smartest guys on the block, and they also were pretty damn good basketball players. That's true. They also had the most money on the block, because even when I went to school back then, it was $6,000. <laughs> it wasn't. It, you didn't have to have a lot of money in those days to have the most money on the block. <laughs> That's true, too. So let me ask you, before we get into the whole Bragg and Jordan stuff, uh, kind of went back and forth. Mike Lawler came on, Pete King, talking about this Pentagon kid. They arrested him, which I'm happy about. He should go to jail. But my opinion is there's a much bigger issue at the Pentagon in Washington than this kid. And while this kid should do some time, not the rest of his life, but should do some time, there's a much bigger issue. How does Alan Dershowitz feel? Well, I completely agree. There's no reason why a kid like this gets access to such incredibly important security material. Look, this makes the Trump possession of classified material, the Biden, the the Pence possession, nothing, because nothing happened as a result of that. They didn't make it public. But to let this kid, who may, for all we know, have been well-intentioned, first of all, we have to presume him innocent. He hasn't been tried. All he's been is arrested. For all we know, nothing happened. So if something did happen, I agree with you. You can't take the law into your own hands particularly when it comes to national security. But let's be proportional about this. He's a kid. He may have thought he was doing the right thing. Right. We saw that President Carter pardon Chelsea Manning for doing much worse. 
I'm involved, I've been involved now for, what, 10 years in helping Julian Assange. Uh, the relationship between whistleblowers, national security, freedom of the press are complicated, and the law should understand nuance and take all these things into account without rushing to judgment. Oh, that was wonderfully said. Thank you. I spent 45 minutes trying to do that. Alan Dershowitz did it in 30 seconds. <laughs> and, and, you know, the argument about the kid, and Peter's like, well, 21 years old, we, we, we lose kids overseas. That is true. I get it. Listen, you're old enough to drink when you're 18, but as far as I'm concerned, you're still a kid. You can drive a car when you're 18. Yes, you can serve overseas, but uh, I'll speak on behalf of myself. When I was 21 years old, I was still a kid. I became a man in my 30s and 40s. When you have a wife and kids and responsibilities and pay the, the electric bill, that's when it starts to become real. I still think most of our people at 21 years old are still kids. Look, I grew up in an Orthodox Jewish family in Borough Park, and the tradition was, and I followed it, I got married at 20 and a half and had my first child at 22. Uh, my grandson's birthday is today. Uh, he's in medical oh, school. Tough. So Mazel. that's, you know, that, the Jewish dream. You know, they say, when does life begin? Catholics say one point, Protestants say another, Jews say when your grandson graduates medical school. <laughs> So that's one like Yes. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, again, if he's guilty, like you said, he should go to jail. But to say put this kid in jail forever now and then not talk about the other people at the Pentagon is uh, is really short-sighted, in my opinion. Uh, it's more, worse than short-sighted. We're, we're living in a world where we do not have a single standard of justice. There's a Trump standard, which is completely different than any other standard, and is in the process of destroying our legal system, which is why I wrote my book, Get Trump. I'm not creative enough to come up with a title like Get Trump, which has become a bestseller. That title belongs to Letitia James and to, uh, and to Alvin Brand. Yes. They created it. I just borrowed it from them. Their campaigns to run for office was Get Trump. And I have one mission in my life now. I want to make sure that no prosecutor is ethically permitted ever to run for office on a get anybody platform. That's not the job of the prosecutor to run for office, promising to get somebody and then rummaging through the statute books, trying to coerce witnesses to testify. Remember, prosecutors have this enormous ability to make pro to make witnesses say anything. They can not only make them sing, they can make them compose and write new lyrics. <laughs> And, and, and we have to limit the power uh, of the government when it comes to individuals in this way. And so, you know, we're living in a very dangerous time. I've been doing this 60 years, and I've never seen a greater challenge to our single standard of justice than we're seeing uh, today for a candidate who I didn't vote for. You know, I have no stake in Trump's running for reelection. I just have a stake in the Constitution, and that's what I'm seeking to defend. Well, let's then talk about what Jim Jordan is trying to do in Congress, yeah. and uh, that is, of course, going after Alvin Bragg. Now, Bragg is suing Jim Jordan. Jim will be here on Monday. My friend Jennifer Harrison will be there with Jim. She's a, a victim's advocate out on Long Island, Alan. But, mm -hmm. uh, again, can, can Jim Jordan do this? I mean, legally, can he do this? I think so, and I'll give you two reasons why. Number one, this involves foreign policy. Look at what the president of El Salvador said. He said, you're lecturing us about democracy in Central and South America, and you're trying to put in jail the man who's running against your incumbent president? That's banana republic stuff. And don't lecture us about democracy while you're trying to put in jail the guy 
who's running against your incumbent president. So it is a question of foreign policy. There's also federal funds uh, involved. There's also constitutional rights involved. Look, I don't like the fact that, that Jim Jordan will probably try to politicize this. I would much prefer if he would simply limit it to the constitutional issues and not try to make it into a Democrat versus Republican, Republican versus Democrat thing. But surely Congress has supervisory power over district attorneys whose actions could influence the presidential election, funding for DA's offices and American foreign policy. So I hope he does it well. I hope he does it right. And I hope the courts at least give him some authority to hold Bragg accountable. Oh, well, who's going to hand him accountable? Right. Who's going to hold him? The governor's not going to remove him. Right. The voters voted for him. They're going to now serve on juries. And the same people who voted for Bragg, who promised to get Trump, are now going to try to help Bragg satisfy his campaign promise by getting Trump. That's not American justice. I tell you, life, as you know, Alan, is all about timing. <laughs> you write this book, and again, the brilliant title, Get Trump, and then all this happens after you write the book. It's almost like God said, hey, Alan, look what I got for you right now. This whole break thing, clearly, and Letitia James as well. Trump was just here talking to her. Well, the- you want to hear something interesting? A yeah. lot of you folks and I, we love to go to independent bookstores. You know, yeah, Amazon's fine. Barnes & Noble's fine. But, you know, the small independent bookstore. The small independent bookstores refuse to carry my book, Get Trump. It's a bestseller on Amazon. It was number one nonfiction adult uh, serious books, but you can't go into a small bookstore and say, I want Get Trump. Get That's Trump? We don't want to run Get Trump. No. We don't want to have people get, you know, read that book. And so, you know, it, it, uh, we live in a world, we're not burning books yet, but we're censoring speakers, we're canceling speakers. Both the right and the left are doing some of that. The left much more seriously now. Look what happened at Stanford University. And then a professor at Wayne State, a professor of English, says it's not enough to shout down speakers who are conservative and racist, not enough to shout them down, it would be better to kill them. Mm. This is a professor at Wayne State University. Fortunately, he got suspended. Let's see if he gets fired. Mm. You know, uh, there's tenure issues and all kinds of issues, but we're living in a world where where the Trump-get-Trump mentality is now dominating all aspects of our life, including censorship, free speech, academic freedom, you name it. And, it, it, you know, I, I lived through McCarthyism. I lived through the Vietnam War. I lived through a lot of those. Every time people say, oh, this is different. This is different. And people saying now Trump is different. The people who won't talk to me, the Larry Davids of the world, who won't even talk to me on Martha's Vineyard because, my God, you defended Trump. Can you imagine a judge in the Trump case? Wanting to be the one that people point the finger to and say, that's the free Trump. There's no way he gets a fair trial in Manhattan in front of a judge or a jury. This yeah. case has to be moved to Staten Island. Well, I will ask you this, and you made that point before uh, the day that he was indicted. In fact, you made that point on Sean Hannity's show. It was great. Uh, but I talk to Takapino almost every day, and he really believes in his heart of heart, it's not going to get there. I mean, right now, of course, they're still looking at the indictment, the evidence. Then it'll come time in the, in the near future where Takapina and that team will start to yep. uh, file all these motions to dismiss all these types of things. They're not due back in court, I think, till next December. He That's really right. doesn't think Takapina this will even go to trial. What do you well, think? I hope he's right. I hope he's right. But the job of a defense lawyer is to consider the worst-case scenario. You have to consider what if. 
What if this judge says, look, I'm not moving this trial. I'm not dismissing. I'm not taking the statute of limitations. I'm not going to be the judge who has a target on his back uh, who will never again be appointed to be a judge. No, I'm going to leave it to the appellate courts. And then the appellate courts generally have to wait until there's a conviction to reverse. Look, I agree with Takapina that this case will never be affirmed. There will never be an affirmed final conviction in this case. The question is when it gets reversed. And I don't know whether or not trial judges have the cojones to Mm -hmm. throw this case out Mm -hmm. at an early stage. So we may see it go to a conviction. There may be a hung jury. That's possible. You can always get one or two people out of 12. I cannot believe that there are 12 New Yorkers, Manhattanites, who have the courage to vote in favor of Donald Trump. I hope I'm wrong. I love Manhattan. I love Manhattanites. And I hope there are 12 of them that can do justice here. On the way out, what do you think about Trump's lawsuit against star witness Michael Cohen? I'm glad he did it because it helps level the playing field. We know that prosecutors put enormous pressure on people like Cohen to sing and to compose. And now what Trump is saying is, hey, I'm going to level the playing field. You know, I'm going to sue as well. Uh, Maybe if there are pressures on both sides, maybe he'll tell something like the truth. I I do think that it's unethical for for Bragg to be putting Cohen on the witness stand. I don't think he can stand in front of the jury, look him in the eye and say, I'm vouching for this man's credibility. Yeah, he lied. Yeah, he committed perjury. Yeah, all that. But suddenly God came down from heaven. And and Cohen looked him in the eye and said, from now on, I'm telling the truth. He didn't. He wrote a he wrote a tweet about me, which lied just recently. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that that Bragg can ethically use him as a witness. We'll see if he does. A bunch of people, literally a bunch moments ago on my social media said, I swear I am running out to buy Alan Dershowitz's book, Get Trump, this weekend. So, again, for folks that do want to get it, Alan, what's the best way to do it? Amazon is the best thing. And I have to tell you, if it remains a bestseller, it sends a message to Bragg that you cannot get away with Get Trump. It sends a message to Letitia James. And since there's not any other accountability, the best I can do at age almost 85 is to keep writing books. This is book number 52 for me. And I'm mostly through book number 53 uh, called The New McCarthyism. Um, But please, buy Get Trump. It will really, I think, send a message to Bragg and others who are trying to get him. You're a genius. I love you. I love when you come on. I'm always humbled. Thank you, Alan. I always love that, too. Thank Thank you. you. Be well. Bye. You, too. There he is, the great Alan Tershowitz, wrapping up hour number three. And that was a fun hour. I think you guys would agree, right? I mean, Alan was uh, terrific. He was an absolute blast. Pete King and... Mike Lawler has been great today, and we had Chris Lenzo. Curtis Sliwa was great. Oh, we ain't done. We've got a big 9 o'clock hour to come your way, including, I love this guy, comedian actor Tony Darrow. He's performing live in New York City on Tuesday night. Laura Curran becoming a huge star at WABC and TV. Just did a spot with her two days ago. And the voice of the Brooklyn Nets, the NFL on CBS, college basketball on CBS, one of the real great guys in New York, Ian Eagle. All that's still a cop. One more hour, folks. Keep it right here. I'll eat my heart out because I love, 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 love. Come on, baby. Let's get together. I love you, baby. I love Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
conversation. Paul just sent me a text. He's like, Sid, I locked up more kids for murder. Guys, 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 you got to listen to me. I love all of you. I love Pete. I love Paul. Everybody. The kid who shot up the kids in Uvalde, he was a kid. Doesn't mean he's not. Doesn't commit evil deeds. Kids are the nastiest people ever, just so you know. I mean, even little kids, they're nasty. Some of the worst crimes we've seen over the last couple of decades were committed by kids. I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm not saying don't put this kid in jail because he's a kid. Don't put the kid in Uvalde in jail because he's a kid. The kids in Central Park, the Central Park Five, they were kids, but they were still animals. You know, we've seen examples of kids commit heinous crimes, but they're still kids. And I'm sorry. I was 21 once. I've got nephews and nieces. I've got all kinds of people I know in my life. 21, you're still a doofus. You're a kid. I don't care if you can serve in the Army or drive a car or have a drink. You're a kid. But that's not an excuse. I've never said that. Peter, I never said that. I mean, I only told you 10 times, effing listen, Pete King, put the kid in jail. But to say put the kid in jail forever is stupid. That's what's stupid, not what I was saying. And secondly, let's find out what's really going on at this Pentagon and why all this stuff is being disseminated and who the real guilty folks are. Let's not make this kid the face of leaks in this country. But, yes, kids commit crimes. Kids should have to suffer the consequences, even though they're kids. But don't tell me at 21 years old that uh, that a guy is uh, is a man. Because more than often, 21-year-old kids are not men, in my opinion. My next guest is a woman. <laughs> and she's doing a great job weekends here at WABC. I mean a great job. We just did a TV spot together a couple of days ago. She was on Fox and Friends yesterday. And uh, she is the only common-sense Democrat alive today. I'm sorry, John Casamitidis. She's the only one. And that's my friend Laura Curran. Laura, 21-year-old boys, men, what is your opinion? you think most guys at 21 are really men or not, not there yet? I think young people these days have this extended adolescence. So, you know, it wouldn't be unusual back in the day, and I don't think you and I are old enough to have lived back then, but you could be 21, married, have a job, maybe even have a child, and it right. wouldn't have been weird. It's not like that now. No. I mean, this kid's in a chat room. I mean, he's, he's a national guardsman. Uh, I, I would imagine you would agree that the kid should have to go to jail. But uh, I'll ask you then, do you think that's it? That's where you bury this? Or there needs to be an investigation into why? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. whether or not he acted alone, who knows? But let's say he acted alone and he just was this wacky kid who did this how on earth could he have access to this and and disseminated and have it been disseminated and out there for months before the folks in charge realized that's that's chilling yeah who's in charge exactly and do you think that by him telling the truth which is lloyd austin is the one who's lying here lloyd austin that's going to get our kids killed places all over the world i don't <laughs> I, I don't know what I else don't... is in there but we don't know. There's a lot that we don't know. Um, I'm glad they got him. Right. But there's always there's got to be a big and, and it's good on them for getting him so well after the fact so quickly. 
But there's got to be a, a top to bottom review of how this could happen, because this is, you know, it's all very well to talk about, you know, as a chit chat kind of way. But lives are at stake. I mean, real people are dying in a war. And will this make it worse? Will, will this hurt more people? Will this make the war? You know, what are the consequences of this? They're, they're real. They're not just political gossip chit chat. Right. This is real stuff. But I do want to talk to you about the housing situation in Long Island, which I think is more dangerous. <laughs> Politically, it's more dangerous for the Democrats in Long Island. Because you and I were – I mean, I told you that um, my wife works out in, uh, in Garden City, and uh, Anthony Capitola's daughter, Michelle – not Michelle Johnson. She uh, works with the folks out there in uh, Oyster Bay. And yeah, it's funny because I know Michelle and I know Anthony, but I didn't know they were related. Yes, that's actually his daughter. And she's freaking out about uh, what Kathy Hochul wants to do, which is build housing in some of these really nice neighborhoods, not far from homes that are very, very expensive. And when I say freaking out, they are really pissed. What's going on with that? Well, I think some of the pissed offness is performative. I think this is actually the biggest gift to Republicans on Long Island. As one mayor told me, uh, a mayor who actually is friendly to Democrats, he said, this is bail reform 2.0. This is politically so clumsy. Um, and it's interesting today because Zach Williams, uh, who, wrote, who covers Albany for the New York Post, his sources are telling him that this housing issue is displacing bail as the number one issue being discussed for the budget, yep. which is two weeks late. So basically what this would do for – there's, there's a bunch of elements, but the most politically charged element of this of – this, uh, Hokel housing compact is it would allow 25,000 new or total zoning 25,000 units of housing within a half mile radius of Long Island Railroad stations in Nassau County fewer in Suffolk because it's further away but also the same for for a lot of Suffolk County as well so it would basically displace Strip away the zoning control of the local municipalities, which are the towns and the villages. And that has everyone really upset, um, as you can imagine, because people like local control. And there is a sense that, oh, it's the elites in Albany who are telling us they know what's better for our communities than we do because they're so much smarter than we are. We're too stupid to realize it. Now, I have to say that I am... I ran for legislator 10 years ago. For, this is the first time I ran for, for um, county office because I agree we need more housing. We need more affordable housing. I'm a big fan of transit-oriented development, developing around the train stations, um, walkable communities, you know, nice little downtowns and all of that. But you've got to work with the local officials. It's as simple as that. You know, when I was county exec for four years, I worked with the mayors. I worked with the supervisors. I had a really robust economic development team working on this nonstop. And we got a lot of good stuff done. We got really great stuff getting built, shovels in the ground. People are happy. But you got to have the buy-in from the local people, you know. And I feel like when Hochul announced this, she didn't – her team – they say they met with a bunch of people, but there was no – it was so clumsy in that if they had really had a robust, robust conversations with the local officials, they would have seen the tripwires and the political landmines, and they would have been able to avoid them. And also when you announce something like this, you want to announce it with people behind you and lots of support and people saying, yes, this is great. They kind of scrambled to get that after the fact, 
but my concern, of course, politically, is for Democrats running for legislature and town positions this year because it's going to be used as a cudgel against them, even if they agree with me, which, by the way, many Democrats do here on Long Island. But the, Demo- but the Republicans are going to lie and say, oh, you want hopeful control, not local control. Talking about Democrats, Melissa DeRosa made her debut on this program yesterday. and uh, right. she, I, I actually listened to that. I know. And, and you texted me afterwards. You listened to it. You, you uh, actually were, were very kind to me. You said, I really enjoyed that conversation. What, what did you take from that conversation that you enjoyed so much? Uh, well, I thought you both. See, what I love is authenticity and honesty, and I don't know if we have a lot of that in our political discourse right now. I think people have their talking points, and they're very focused on getting those talking points out. But this felt like a real conversation between two real people who disagree on some things and maybe agree on others, but neither of you really back down. And similar to your conversation, your, your strangely uncomfortable conversation with John Stossel, it was, it was good radio. Because it was honest. It was authentic. It Thank felt you. real. And you, it almost makes you a little nervous. Like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen next? That's <laughs> how right. so I felt. I thought it was brilliant. So I'm so happy to hear you say that. Now, she was not able to talk about the nursing home stuff yet. And she has a, a legitimate reason for that. Yeah. But she did talk about bail reform. And it's not the lawsuits, by the way. It's not that. But she did talk about bail reform. And she said, listen, we really wanted the dangerousness clause in there. And uh, we couldn't get it. And that kind of put us in a tough situation. And that's kind of why we're here now. Because if you notice, Andrew Cuomo comes on the station and he's like Batman. He's fighting crime all over the place. Wait a second. You two are the ones who, the architect of this deal. She blames it on the fact, basically, that the dangerousness clause was not allowed. Your thoughts on that? Well, that is the number one issue, and that's what Kathy Hochul is trying to get done. We'll see if she's able to do that in the budget negotiations. But I agree. I think if you're going to change – well, actually, there's two things I would change. One would be the dangerousness. The second would be the discovery, the amount of time that law enforcement and prosecutors have to get the information over to the – not only the amount of time, but the amount of stuff they have to give to the other side. That is really, you know, it's a little more bureaucratic and wonky, but it makes prosecuting crime much harder. And it's actually taking a lot of people away from the profession. They're saying, I don't want to do this. I'll be another kind of lawyer. This is too hard. <laughs> uh, but the, but it, so, but I, they would be in that order. Dangerous number one, discovery number two. It's the two Ds, the triple D. Let's add um, a third D. That's also dangerous. Democrat, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, the, the, the new thing these days is if a Democrat goes on Fox News, for example, right, but you do also, uh, they love to ask them, how do you think Biden is doing? Because if a Democrat comes out and is all wobbly on that or even says he's not doing a good job, which is rare, but they do do it, that becomes a promotion for like six weeks. So, Laura Curran, how's Joe Biden doing? Also, by the way, I'll answer that, but I get... I get a lot of flack from Democrats for just even going on Fox News. I'm sure. Appearing, yeah. No matter what I uh, On this show, too, I'm sure. Uh, and I, Oh, yeah. And I would say, like, look, hey, if MSNBC or CNN were calling me, of course I would go. I'll, if I'm invited, I'll go. Um, so the Biden question, it's I – so this is going to sound horrible. I just think the man is too old. And it's horrible to say, and I know it's not kind, but it just – it does not fill me with confidence. So that being said, I also feel that he is he's a career politician. He's been in politics his entire adult life. 
And I feel he bends with the waves. You know, there was this clip of him in 1994 saying, talking about thugs, and if someone goes after him, someone in my family, no, I don't care about the root causes. Lock them up. He actually, now, refer- he actually referred to them, I believe, as predators in that statement. And Black now people. that it's more the political winds to not feel that way, to not say that, now he's, he's singing a whole different tune. So I don't know what his core is. You know, this whole middle-class Joe, Amtrak Joe, all this stuff. It sounds nice and all. I, I don't know if it's authentic. I don't feel that it's real. I don't feel a core there. I feel that there is a... Uh, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this. It just all feels very phony to me. The whole spiel, the whole act. Well, good. I'm glad you said it. I hope you do get into trouble because you just told the truth. And if you get into trouble for telling the truth, then you still win. You know that, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if I were talking, you know, I, you know, you met my mom. If I'm chatting with Love my her. mom, yeah. we'll, we'll have these conversations. You know, this is like how I actually feel. So there it is. So Laura Curran just basically admitted that she's voting for Donald Trump. Well, maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah, maybe you didn't. I don't know. Uh, listen, I think you're great. Your show on Sunday's great. I love doing TV with you, too. And I think yeah, that was super fun. That was fun. And, and you're, a, you're a great voice for our community. So continued success. Don't go back and do politics. Stay here with us. And uh, we love you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I'm having a ton of fun, and thank you. Thank you. And I have to say to everyone listening, I'm really proud of you, Sid, for doing so well. And people might think it's easy. It's not. What you, you know, have, you know, I'm just new at all of this, but you're, you make it look easy. Uh, <laughs> I said the same thing to Frank Morano. It's not. No, it's not. But, uh, well, it's easy for the ones that are just okay. Uh, the ones that are really good and live, eat, and sleep this stuff. And you're really good, by the way. It ain't easy. But it's fun, and it's rewarding when it's all said and done, as this conversation was. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much. Bye. Laura Curran, ladies and gentlemen. Check her out on uh, Sundays with a goodbye similar to John Stossel's. That was. Very similar. No wonder she liked it. I said. I was so happy when she texted me. She goes, I love that interview. I go, you get it. See, Laura Curran gets it. I've got to take a short break. When we get back, NBA basketball. New York, well-represented. Knicks in Cleveland. That series starts tomorrow night at 6. We had the great Mike Breen on Tuesday. Nets at the 76ers. That series starts tomorrow at 1. The play-by-play voice of the Brooklyn Nets and an unbelievable sports guy in general. And as funny as they come, my man Ian Eagle is coming up next. in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. I'm exhausted. And I have to maintain some strength because I have to go to the 9-11 Memorial Park and beat down tourists who take pictures and smile this afternoon. In between the dentist and my dinner with the mayor... It's very, and it's hot out, too, so that makes it even more difficult. But yelling back and forth with uh, Peter King, who's, who's wrong about everything. I mean, 
genius and a lovely guy. My, maybe I'm maybe right there with Woody, my favorite politician ever. He's not right about anything. I just hope he wasn't smiling. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's smiling. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so Ian Eagle is not just the play-by-play voice of the Brooklyn Nets. He's got the NFL on CBS, college basketball on CBS. I think he does laundry once a week with Maria Sharapova, I think. I don't know. His son is brilliant. Son's really good on the air, just like his father. But my uh, my experience with Ian is when Mike and the Mad Dog would vacation, Mark Chernow put the two of us together. It was genius. Ian and Sid, or Sid and Ian. And we would fill in for Mike and the Mad Dog. And we'd spend five hours talking about just complete nonsense. We broke down nothing, no real strong opinions. One show we did three hours on Sean Bradley. I don't even know what the hell we talked about. But every time I listen to this guy, he makes me laugh. He is, as I said many times, and I'm pretty good at this. I got useless information up the wazoo. The king of useless information is Iron Eagle. So with that said, here he is, the brilliant voice of the Nets and many other things, Iron Eagle. What an intro. Yeah. What? (laughs) Genius. Genius level. It was, right? (laughs) <laughs> you put you put so much time and thought into it. That's that's yeah. what affects me so emotionally. Yeah, no, that's not true. I mean, I actually put no time and uh, no thought into it. <laughs> I mean, none of it. Maria Sharapova, Sean Bradley. Uh, who knew would what would actually come out of your mouth? Well, this is your life. This is not my life. I know. This is my. That's the sad part. Right. You're the guy doing tennis. It. You're doing tennis. You're doing video games. Yeah. You're doing tennis. What are you doing? I'm thinking as you're doing the intro, he's right. I, this, this is about it. There's not much more to it, sadly. No, no. I, I really believe, and I don't say this just because I love you, because I do love you. And I love Mike Green, too, but I, you and I are on a different level. I really believe that in terms of diversity, when it comes to play-by-play, you're the best of the generation. You do tennis, basketball, football. You're the voice in uh, video games. And by the way, your son is is a mensch, and he's great on the air, too. But you may be the best, maybe the best ever. I don't know. It's possible. I don't know. No? I, 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 don't, I don't have any rankings. I, no? I just want you to say it again. Just <laughs> say the whole thing. You don't do all that stuff anymore, though, still, do you? Like these other, like, ten? You do? Yeah, I do other stuff, sure. Like, what do you think? Oh. I'm, I'm just sitting here watching Saved by the Bell for... Uh, ju- yes, I, I actually do. I actually no, I actually yeah. Kelly Kapowski was great. <laughs> See, there you go, there you go. Well, why do you do all these other things? I mean, how much money do you really need? Oh, <laughs> this is such a deeper, deeper issue. Who knew that this was going to be, become a, a psychiatry segment? What motivates you right. to no. work no. every day, everywhere? I mean, I. You know, you got this beautiful family, and then I put on the TV, there's Ian, he's in Cincinnati doing a Bearcat-Tulsa game. And the next day he's doing a net, you know, Memphis Grizzly game, and he's got the Browns and the Jaguars. It's an unbelievable life you've made for yourself. Oh, man. Yeah, one day, one day I'll go to an island. I'll just have drinks with umbrellas in them and... And call into your show. That'll be it. That, you, you, that, can, you, you can do that now. Thing. You can go to Staten Island or a Long Island. <laughs> they, they love me there. <laughs> I have to tell you, your basketball team is, it's, a, it's an unbelievable story. 
Uh, look, now, this is just for me. You don't have to opine on this. I don't like Kyrie Irving. In fact, no Jewish people in New York like Kyrie Irving. And, <laughs> and, and I wasn't a big fan of Kevin Durant either. I thought he was a malcontent. He didn't want to be here. He was very unhappy. So I thought when the Nets traded these guys, it was a good thing. But I also thought when they traded them, they'd never win a game ever again, ever again. And they won a bunch of games. First of all, this kid Bridges, it's not good. He's magnificent. Yeah, so I don't know about you, but I was pretty surprised when the Nets played down the stretch. Yeah, I, I think when you get rid of big names, what, what we normally see is teams then fall apart and start over and try to build it up brick by brick. What Sean Marks did in these moves, he remained competitive, and he obviously felt good about the guys he was bringing in and the chemistry that they could form. But I don't know if he had any idea that it would get to this level where these guys like playing with one another there is a, a certain uh, real continuity to how they play. Are they world beaters? Are they going to shock the world here? No. But can they go out and be competitive in a postseason series against Philadelphia? I think they can. Philly's really talented. There's no doubt that this is the time for Philly. If it doesn't happen now, then you're going to see huge changes on the 76ers team. This is what it's been leading to, to finally have a chance to win a championship. Although, I don't know if most NBA pundits have picked Philadelphia. No. There's more no. goodwill with Milwaukee, with right. Boston, yeah. Cleveland, and the Knicks have gotten a lot of attention. Philly is in a different category of, yeah, been there, done that. So, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see how, how the Nets handle themselves. There's enough playoff experience in on this roster to feel good about these guys actually coming together and, and doing something. Bridges went to the finals. Cam Johnson went to the finals. Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, Western Conference finals. There's something to that. That's important to have had that experience and now go out and try to get it done together. They were swept, I believe, and I don't care about this. It means nothing because you've seen countless examples just two years ago. The Knicks had great success against the Hawks during the regular season, and they beat them once yep. in the playoffs. But they were swept by the Sixers this year, right? They were. They were. Uh, two of the games were, like, down-to-the-wire finishes. One game was a little bit more of a standout win for Philly, and then the last game was irrelevant. It was the last game of the season. Nobody played. It was backups against backups. And obviously, uh, you had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the first couple of meetings. So it's hard to take the season series and try to apply it in, in this postseason series. What do you think about moving forward, regardless of what happens here with Philly? Again, it's a, it's a tall order. Even though the Nets have been playing much better basketball than we could have imagined. Uh, if it's over, when it's over, it's going to be over. They're not going to win the NBA championship. Uh, what do you think, uh, Cy, this net organization does moving forward? They tried to get the big names. And at one point they had, you know, Durant and Irving and Simmons. They even had uh, Blake Griffin. I mean, they, they had, uh, you know, the, the kid from uh, San Antonio. What was his name? The uh, Aldridge. They had all these superstars on this team, and they didn't win. What do you think the direction is moving forward for Brooklyn? Yeah, obviously James Harden was part of that list, too. Right, that's that right. Was, yeah. yeah, that was the group that they thought could win a championship. And by the way, if they stayed healthy, there's a pretty good chance they would have won the championship. They were dominating Milwaukee in that series, and then uh, things turned when uh, Kyrie Irving went down with the injury. Harden wasn't himself. Durant was a toe away, a Sergeant Holka away from beating the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 7 
if his foot is behind the three-point line, they win the game. Uh, Mike Budenholzer probably gets fired by the Bucks, and Giannis Adetokounmpo may have asked for a trade. Like hmm. The sliding doors concept of that one play in the NBA that can change fates and legacies and futures is, is amazing when, when you really think of it. Uh, moving forward, I think, uh, Sid, their goal will be uh, obviously make a decision in regards to the current players. Cam Johnson will be a free agent. I believe they'd like to keep him. There's a team out there that might offer him a, a ton of money in free agency where the Nets will have to make a call on if they want to match or if they want to go in a different direction. And I do think they're going to look to try to bring in another star with Mikel Bridges. And the difference between the last go-around, as you alluded to, with Kyrie and Durant and Harden, yeah, the questions were always, all right, are they long-term? Do they really want to be here? If there is some form of a bump in the road, are they just going to pack up and leave? And eventually we got that answer. I think the difference this time around is Bridges now feels like a part of it. This is right. a team that wanted him. They're giving him a chance to be a star. And there's a buy-in now from him and the other guys on this team that they want to be a part of something. It's it's a tough thing in the NBA, as you know. You've got to have stars to win. You've got to have the horses. If you right. don't, you're not going to compete in this league. And a bunch of to, stars. You have to have at least and three. Have, and you got to have the right guys. Right. I think that's yep. that's what we're learning here, too. Yep. You can't just put together a quote-unquote all-star team and assume it's going to work. It just doesn't, doesn't click that way in the NBA. You know, it's funny you say that. It usually does, actually. Like, I was in Miami when we had – we had – I hated that team, but – James Wade and Bosch, and it worked. And, and Boston had Allen and Pierce and Garnett, and it worked. And, you know, the Lakers brought in folks, and the Bird Days, the Celtics brought in folks. So I actually disagree. Usually it does work. For some reason, these three psychos in Brooklyn, they couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I, I think in the Miami case, you know you were there. Uh, Chris Bosch accepted a lesser role. He recognized that of the three, he was going to have to be the guy that uh, – that wasn't the focal point. LeBron was the focal point. Even Dwayne Wade also, uh, I think, acknowledged, okay, I got to do some different things for this team. So there has to be an acceptance of a role. Right. The KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, the one year that they won the title, and then the after effects. Like for until recently, KG and Ray Allen did not speak. So whatever mm. in yeah. internal turmoil was created, there's a lot of stuff with ego and where you fit in and the outside world, how they view you, the perception of it. So you've got to check a lot of that stuff at the door if you think you can win true. a championship That's doing true. it that way. And none of those three guys were capable of doing that. How much, um, if you had a guess, and it's a hypothetical, of course, because you're not there yet, but... During, uh, I would say four. Four, would okay. Say four. Well, that's I good. Guess. That's good. No, four is a good number because I was going to ask you, during tomorrow's game, 1 p.m. Nuts and 76ers, how many minutes <laughs> will you and your partner spend on the Pentagon leaks? So now you're giving me four. <laughs> yes. yes, four Four minutes. Probably second quarter. I like to do a lot of that stuff in the second quarter. So, right. I mean, if you're tuning in, Sidney Arthur, I, I would tell you probably second quarter. 
See, I think it would be so funny if all of a sudden I had just spoken to, like, <laughs> Pentagon leaks and Biden and Trump and all that out of nowhere. Yeah. That Man, your, your bosses your would love that. Broadcast, your last broadcast ever was really interesting, wasn't it? Well, I will say Man. this. On that note, on the way out, you once said, with me on the air, as you mentioned last broadcast, <laughs> Ian Eagle said on the air the last time we pulled in for Mike and the Mad Dog, he said, and I quote, it's in my book, the reason I love working with Sid is because... You never know if this broadcast will be your last. (laughs) (laughs) It was so raw and real in the moment. That was great. You're a a wonderful guy. You're a tremendous talent, but one of the nicest people. You know who loves you? The man that has now become my sidekick. We lost Bernie, but not only that, once the best board in the history of radio, the great Lou Rufino. Say hello to Ian Eagle, Lewis. Oh, Oh, my gosh. That's all you need to hear right there. That's how much you oh, love me. Oh, the best. The I best. miss, I miss Ian. Ian is one of the funniest people you could ever, ever meet. Ever. He's hilarious. And he's just great doing on, CB, on you know, CBS and doing the NBA. He's great. Oh, I miss, miss you, him. Lou. I miss, miss him, too. You. I miss Ditto. him. It's Ditto, good to hear man. you. Yeah, we love you here, man. You're a big deal in this place, Ian Eagle. I know you think the sports radio stations, you're a much bigger deal here with me and Lou and everybody else, man. So have fun with this series and uh, whatever moving forward. And congratulations. You're a terrific guy. You're great at your job. Your son's beautiful. We love all the Eagles. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love you back, man. It's uh, great talking to you. We'll do it again. You too. That's Ian Eagle. You love him, man. Like He's on the air. I just want to kiss him. I know. You just It's impossible not to love I know. I know. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Show today. Hey, John, good morning, buddy. That's my main man. I love him. John Katz and Matiti. Check him out. Katz and Cosby, 5 o'clock every Friday, every weekday afternoon. And of course, Katz Roundtable every Sunday morning at 8. I love you, John Katz and Matitis. I love you. A huge show today. We wrap it up in style. This is, uh, this is a terrific guy. Maybe the most handsome 80-plus-year-old guy on the planet today. Big-time actor, good fellas, Sopranos, Analyze This, every Woody Allen movie ever. And uh, just one of my favorite real New York people, he is Tony Darrow. And I think he's making his debut on this show. I've known Tony for a long time, but making his debut on the show. The great Tony Darrow. Tony, good Friday morning, buddy. How are you? My boy, nice to be on, man. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, too. Good to you. Yes. I saw you two weeks ago before you went on vacation. Yes, you did. Before I went to London, we had had dinner that Thursday night, and you look great. I mean, I can't believe... I'm not going to talk about exactly how old you are, but you you look you look great, great. What is your secret? Do you want to fight? I don't want to fight. I'm too old for that crap. You think, can you well? Can you right now? If I fought you, right? You're in your 80s. I'm in my 50s. Do you think you could win? Yeah, because like uh, you know, I got I'm sneaky. You know, I bite, I kick, I punch. So do I. 
I cheat too. Oh. <laughs> all right, then you know what? We'll just hug each other because I love you. First of all, you got the best show on radio and on AM. Everybody knows it, and I'm really honored to be on with you. And we've been friends for a long time. And you know, I didn't know this, but you uh, were in Gravesend, uh, the, the the series that I'm in with that kid Willie DeMeo. Oh, I have a I have a pretty big role actually in season yeah. two, which is going to come out in June. Me too. Yeah, Me too, but uh, I didn't know because I never shot with you. So I was talking with Willie yesterday, and Willie said, "Oh, Sid is on the show. He's yeah. had a good role, very yeah. good. You know, yeah. you know, you acted either." No, I, it, was, it was my first time I ever got an acting gig was with Willie. Believe it or not, I've done movie a movie now since Gemini Lounge about that famous bar. I shot it in Los Angeles right. with Danny A. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 you know the place. But the Gravesend was my first gig. In fact, my first couple of scenes, Tony, I flew down to Miami Beach and shot it with Andrew Dice Clay two years ago, April. So and it's supposed to come out. The show is going to be great. They got the Dice Clay. They got Chaz Parmentary. They got you. They got me. They got Vinny Pastore. They got uh, William Forsythe. Yep. Uh, Asante. Uh, what's her name? Fran Dresser. Yeah. Uh, Gina Gershon, they got, they got a lot of great, and the, the scenes are terrific. The kid showed me the clips the other day, Willie, who stars in it, wrote it, stars in it, uh, writes, wrote the whole thing. I mean, the kid's terrific, raised the money. But anyway, I want to talk no, about No, no, but one more minute. thing about also Paul Ben Victor, but two of my good friends that I must mention in the show, too, are Chris Momondo and the great Peter Gordio. But you're right, and Chuck Zito, Chuck Zito, too, and oh, Bo Deedle. Yeah. What about the great yeah. Bo Deedle? That's right. I was with Bo last night. We were at Rayo's. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a great show. I, I, was also, I was also with a good friend of mine there. That, uh, I, for, I forgot his name, though. Uh, the guy from Williamsburg. Oh, Vinny uh, Viola. Vinny Viola. Oh, no. Yeah. Or, or Joe Nunziato. Which one? They're both from Williamsburg. Oh, oh. I don't know, Joe, but uh, somebody, I forget his name. Vinny. Vinny Viola. Yeah. Yeah, he's a so great anyway. man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be at the cutting room on... Uh, uh, Tuesday, the uh, the 18th of April, and it's a great room. It's a famous room, and it's on uh, 44 East 32nd Street between Park and Madison. And I do my comedy show. They show my movie clips. Wow. Uh, the doors open at 5.30, and uh, uh, I got a great opening act. His name is Carl Thomas. He does a tribute to Sinatra, Bobby Darren, and Dean Martin. Wow. And I understand I got a really big crowd, and now – being on your show, I'm probably going to have a much bigger crowd. God bless you, pal. You know what I'm going to do? I'll comp you if you come. Uh, I want to come. That? No, I definitely want to come. You know, what's his name? Um, and I'm a much bigger fan of yours than his, much bigger. But uh, the other, uh, Tony Danza, he does shows like this. And um, But you're a much, much better guy, trust me. Uh, also, like, he brings up clips and he sings and dances. So yeah. when, when is that what you do, all those things? Yeah, well, you know, I started out as a singer. I was Buddy Hackett's opening act for three years. I was Don Rickles' opening act for two years. I've been a friar for over 50 years. And I go back a long time with all these guys, but you're a kid. You don't know that. And a lot of people don't even know who Buddy Hackett is. Well, let me tell you something. I'll I'll tell you a funny story, Tony. Uh, Not only do I know who Buddy Hackett is, but my mother, my father passed away two years ago, but my mother splits her time between Aventura and Kanyanga slash White Lake. So I spent oh, yeah. La- yeah, so I spent the last forty four years up in Monticello, Woodburn, uh, you know, uh, Smallwood. So so the bungalow colonies. Right. Not just the bungalow colonies, Tony, but you remember the days when when uh when uh, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Lewis owned the Browns Hotel. Exactly. And it, yep. 
and I worked there many times. I lived in Kaimisha because I, I worked almost every night up there. You know, I started out making $35 a show. Wow. And then I, yeah, when I was a kid, like in the late 50s, early 60s, uh, I look like a freaking Adonis, though, don't I? <laughs> you look gorgeous. By the way, the Concord Hotel is in Kayamisha. That, that was one of those great hotels right, right there. Right. Yeah. I mean, every I think, I know what I feel like, Tony, every great performer in my lifetime, because I'll be 56 in April of God is Good to Me next Wednesday, um, every uh, great performer started there, whether it was Grossinger's or, or the Stevensville or, or Kutcher's. They all started there years ago, you know? Beverly, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, all of them, and and I worked them all. And if you could work the Catskill Mountains and be a winner, you could work anywhere in the world because they were the most jaded audiences in the world. <laughs> they knew every, they knew every joke, yeah. they yeah. knew every stick that you did because yeah. they. They used to see a show every night, a different performer every night. Like you'd work the Concord tonight, then tomorrow you'd work Kutcher's. Then the next day you'd work the Neville, and then you'd work Grossinger's. And so the guy that was at Grossinger's would come to the Concord, and he'd do the same jokes you'd do. So, like, you go out, you go, and this lady walked onto a bar. We're hurting glass. <laughs> if you didn't hear it the white way, shut your mouth. When oh, you go to the funny. movies, you talk to the picture. Too. Right. Shut up, lady. You know? <laughs> Oh, we've had so much fun, but you learned your trade, yes. boy. You really did. Well, well, how would you compare the great Tony Darrell beat the cutting room on Tuesday night? you got to go see him. He's, he's just, he's beautiful. How would you compare performing in the mountains, Tony, compared to, like, Atlantic City or Vegas? Vegas. Well, you don't have to do as much stick with the with the Jewish stuff, but you know I got a lot of Jewish stories and all of that. But people are people. If you're nice to them, they're nice to you. And I love people. And I do like a... Uh, I pick on people and I do jokes and, you know, like I'm, I'll be uh, talking and a guy go, excuse me, sir, uh, you enjoying yourself? Yeah. Well, tell your face about us because you're scaring the shit out of me. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. And, and, and uh, uh, did you come here for revenge? And then I go back into my jokes, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's funny. Oh, that's great. Oh, that. See, that's a little bit of the Don Rickles uh, in you there, Tony, right? A little bit. Yeah, Rickles taught me a lot, and so did Hackett. That's how I started doing comic. These guys were great. All you had to do was stand in the wings after you finished your segment of the right, show. Right. Watch them. Their eyes, their hands, the the, the way they the, just the, move, the way they moved their mouth and the delivery that they had. I mean, it was like going to college. I got a cute story. Do we have time? We have about ninety seconds. Let's do it. Okay, well, uh, at the Friars Club, the, all the guys were at Milton Berle. Uh, 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 Buddy Hackett, Jerry Lewis, uh, so on. There was a bunch of them. And I'm going to clean it up, of course. And Foster Brooks was there, which I opened for oh, him. Oh, I love too. Foster, yeah. yeah. So so Hackett always starts with, hey, I heard you got a big penis. So he goes, yeah, well, you know, I'm, he's embarrassed. Well, you know, Milton's the king. He's supposed to have <laughs> the biggest penis in show business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to have a contest so they – they drop your pants. So they don't, he don't want to do it. Finally, he does, and he shows them. And they go, oh, Milton, you're dead now. This guy's the king. Look at this <laughs> thing, right? It's almost down to his knee. Oh, God. So, so, so Hackett says to him, to Milton, Milton, you go. So Milton stands up. He unbuckles his pants, and Hackett says, just take out enough to win. <laughs> I mean, that's the stuff that went on. That's before the that's before the women were there, you yeah, know, before yeah, the, yeah. the ladies. Hey, listen, you yeah, know what that was, Tony? That was when it was the good old days. 
before everybody got oh, so God. sensitive now, right? It's ridiculous this day. I mean, come yeah, on. very sensitive, and, and it's a lot different now. And a lot of Wall Street guys and, and business people joined, and it's not as as, as casual as it used to be. Yeah. But it's still the friars, you know. No, and, it's still good. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But listen, uh, what time is this show uh, Tuesday night for folks who want to come down Tuesday and check it out? Doors open at 530, and the phone number is 212-691-1900, and uh, it's on 44 East 32nd Street between Park and Madison. A lot of the Soprano guys are coming, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. This is a famous room, and like I said, they show my movie clips first, and then I do my shtick. And I'm funny, man. I'm very funny. Oh, you are. You are. Listen, you're very funny. You're very charismatic. You're very handsome. You've got great life stories. You've worked with the all-time greatest from Robert De Niro to Woody Allen to me today. So you are as good as it gets, Tony Darrow. Congratulations. We'll pack the house on Tuesday, and I can't wait to see you. God bless you. Thanks you for putting me on. I appreciate it a lot. I love you, pal. Thank you. There he is, the great Tony Darrow. Check him out. Tuesday night, cutting room on Park Avenue, New York City. Do right by a New York guy. We'll come back and close shop right into this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. You know I fooled around in a Camaro underneath the Verrazano Bridge. You know I did that, right? Uh, I do now. Yeah. John Travolta staying alive Friday night, baby. Tony Darrow was just on. He's perfect for this. I guarantee you Tony was out there doing his thing. Tony must have been a Studio 54 guy, I would imagine. I don't know. I would have been. We are. We're done. What a week of shows. You guys feel pretty good about yourselves, or... You're uh, okay. I'm just happy it's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, care. but I refuse to smile. So that's <laughs> all I'm saying. Can't oh, wait for true. Monday. Can't yeah. wait. I have to go to the uh, 9-11 memorial site and start yelling at people for smiling coming up in about three hours. Yeah, that's a nice Friday afternoon activity. Yo, get that off your face. <laughs> Remember where you are. Yeah, but don't smile, man. People died there, you idiot. Anyway, Lou, you were tremendous this week. Great. You're beautiful. I love you, Justin. You have stepped it up in a huge way. You're great. I mean, you really are. Congratulations. Noam Layden was great this week. And what a job by uh, Jimmy Flippin filling in today and Alex. We got a great bunch of shows for you coming up next week. I can promise you that. But we done for this week. Big Sid's going home for the weekend. So until Monday morning at 6 a.m., from all of us on Sitting Friends in the Morning to all of you, go see Tony Darrow Tuesday night. Peace!